Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 24. This is show 188, and we're ready to fire up some fantasy football for you today. As a follow-up to last week's podcast, we're doing fantasy football team focus, but this week we're going to look in all the teams in the NFC. If you haven't checked out the one we did last week that we covered the AFC, please give it a whirl. Good times. We're going to go through all 16 teams in the NFC, talk camp notes, talk current information, data, news, all those kind of things, depth charts, who's looking hot, all that good stuff for across the 16 teams of the NFC. So I say we pop into it, and there's going to be plenty to talk about. There's, again, so much news happening and stuff, and we'll probably intersperse with plenty of it when we're talking about teams or even when it just becomes a moment that we should cover all right, as usual, I'm to my left. I got Houdini. Stag Party, not with us today. He's helping us. Uh, he's working on some other components for uh, Pyro Pro and our upcoming draft kit. And he's just like, I can't. And he's recording Pyro Podcast Light, episode six, I'd like to say. Um, maybe seven. Uh, seven. Maybe seven. Uh, tomorrow. So he was like, hey, can I sit this one out? Amen. I got Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com, and we're dropping the fantasy football knowledge. Let's get into this. NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, obviously, I'll just start out with the, 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 the big news from uh, three days ago. Fresh off inking $88 million or whatever his contract was, Des Bryant. He's throwing haymakers at practice. Uh, I like his spirit. I like that he's always a gamer, but come on, dude. With the, with this salary, and your leadership has to mature. You're le- you have to evolve as a player. The reason why everyone was scared and there was talk about them keeping the franchise was on exactly something like this. So 
he's kind of keeping himself as as he likes to do. And what are you? What are you, either your thoughts on that situation where he's throwing haymakers, they're taking helmets off, and all that? Well, you know what? I think you're just going to have to take that with him. I think that's just the type of person he is. He, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, he's he puts himself out there. As long as you can keep him under control off the field, that's the big part. I think with this, he's he's got to stay out of trouble off the field. Uh, you want him there for every game. If he gets a little hot-headed, which he tends to do during practices or during games, that's going to happen. You, if, you, if you bottle that guy up, I don't think he plays as well. I think you've got to let him be a, a hothead, which is what he is. Oh, it, it, it bothers me to some degree because, you know, it just shows that if you can't control your emotions, then you could do something stupid in a game, right? And you could be starting in a game, and maybe you get into a fight with some guy on the other side, and you throw a punch, and now you get ejected from that game, and you might get suspended for another game. So those prospects don't help me, especially when he is now the de facto best player on that offense. So you're the star. You know, thank God you have Tony Romo there. But at the same time, I, I think it's you really want to see that next step in maturity. So yeah, that, yeah, you would love to see it. But the fact of the matter is, is that it, it really is Romo's team. And people follow Romo. It's not Bryant that they're going to follow. They follow Bryant's energy, hopefully, but they follow Romo when it comes to uh, the steady play, uh, you know, and uh, uh, running of that offense, which is it, j- just fine. It's the way it should be with a, a quarterback like that. I think Des just needs to lay off some of those Valverdes. I guess it's, don't let the door hit in the vagina on the way out. <laughs> yeah, I heard him. That was hilarious. <laughs> well, Romo is pissed. What I'm reading is that Romo's already calling out Des and being like, listen, buddy, got a long season, a lot of uh, potential success sitting around us, got a great team. Time to just quit putzing around, time to step up and stop ma- being in the news for all the re- wrong reasons. So we'll see. I agree. He's a passionate player. If you bottle him up, I think you probably are, are doing a disservice to him. But we will see. All right, with the Cowboys, uh, who's running the ball uh, this year for the team? We got we got a mirror and a number of different things. You got you got McFadden dealing with uh, another injury, of course. Shock. So a uh, hamstring for him, and so I, I think this. And, and who else is injured? I think somebody else is. Uh, yeah, Lance Dunbar, Lance Dunbar. Uh, has a problem with his ankle. He went in for an MRI. It's in a walking boot. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a long time before he gets back on the field. Probably a week or two, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a mess there. And Randall uh, just it, it just recently was it was they were in practice in front of all the reporters. Turns out he fumbles, and that's one of the big bugaboos with him. Is he he's a fumbler? He can't hold on to that ball. They have problems there, and they recently just came out and said that they were aiming to take a running back in that draft, and they were hoping to get a, a young kid, but it didn't work out. They that really way. wanted Gordon. Yeah, they would have loved to have had him, but uh, it just didn't work out that way in the draft. And they let it go by the wayside, and hopefully they could deal with what they have now. But as they're starting to see, they need something else. And they're going to go out and get a veteran. That's what I think. I think there's plenty of veterans out there that are worth grabbing. Um, some of the names that are floating around are just ridiculous, like Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. That's just wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, you could throw out your, you know, your Chris Johnsons and your, and your Pierre Thomas and... and uh, uh, I don't know who, who else is out there right now that's been... Uh, Doshawn Moreno. Moreno, sure, there. yeah. Um, there's... Plenty of guys out there, Ray Rice even, uh, that, that are worth kicking the tires on to see if they got anything. They could use a veteran presence that uh, doesn't get injured constantly like Darren McFadden uh, in that backfield. And I think they do have to go get it, and they think they will. Yeah. And, and, or they're going to be scouring the waiver wire for guys that are getting dropped off of other teams. Yeah, and, and exactly. Which could, I mean, 
it looks like uh, Zach Stacy might not make it through uh, to the, the Jets squad, so I mean, that might be an idea for them. I mean, I don't yeah. think he's the end-all, be-all, but it's not a terrible you know, call right there. Does this scare you, the running back situation, and how you know that we, we think that the running backs are not up to par? There's not a DeMarco Murray running for 1,600 yards this year in that backfield. Does that scare you for Romo? Does that scare you for Witten? Does that scare you for the passing side? It's obviously going to be a different beast. We know that. It's probably going to air more towards passing. But when the run game's not there, it's a lot easier to lean back. Are you scared? Yeah, I would be absolutely worried. I mean, this is where the, the fear for they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. But now all those realizations that we kept talking about, the potential for Romo to go down with an injury, becomes even more prevalent now because now the defenses aren't going to have to uh, put an extra safety into the box and, and take the bait on a, uh, on a play-action pass. They're instead going to just say, I don't trust your running game. We can stop it with our normal. We're going to have good coverage, and we're just going to blitz you. So, so you, think, you think Romo from last year to this year – is he going to have a better season or a worse season? It may be a better fantasy season, but it's going to be a lot rougher season on his body. I don't think so. I think he last year he put up like the second most points per game in his career, um, and I think that was 100% due to that running game. I think without that running game, it, it falls off. It does. I think the whole offense falls off a bit. Uh, Dez, Dez is going to fall off a bit. He's not going to put up 16 touchdowns again. Witten will actually be the one who benefits from it. I think so. Because he's going to have to get rid of that ball a little bit quicker. You know, the offensive line is still going to be great, and it is a great offensive line, but he's going to have to get the rid of that ball a little bit quicker. Dez is going to be doubled, uh, you know, and Cole Beasley will probably get a, a, you know, a bunch of catches in that. I think Terrence Williams probably falls a little bit, to be quite honest. He didn't uh, get a ton of balls last year. He's not a high-volume type of guy. Um, I think the fact that there were so many weapons left him open for those touchdowns last year, I don't think that that happens. I think the defense has played back a little bit and uh, you know respect the possible passing game there. So I do think that Roma falls off a bit. Here's another guy I think that you can get a benefit from, Cole Beasley. Okay, mm -hmm. Cole Beasley, because if they're realizing that they don't have a run game, Romo's a smart enough quarterback. They can engineer their offense. We've seen many team, teams do this where you institute a short passing game to make up for the lack of a running game. So it's going to be quick hitches on the inside, go for four or five yards, and he may be the guy that benefits from that in the slot. I'm hearing that he's unguardable, catching everything, and all the stuff that we kind of thought might happen with how he was performing uh, for the second half of last season. Uh, he's going to be definitely value, value pick for fantasy football. He's, he's kind of like the, uh, the NFC's version of Edelman or Amendola over there in that Patriots offense. He is. Like, he can... He's got moves. Yeah, he he's like a really faster, faster, more athletic Welker. Yeah, something like that. Exactly. It, it, it could turn out to be really nice for him. I don't expect the incredible numbers, but it'll be nice. I agree. PPR, I like him. Um, Darren Woodson, go back to Witten, called him the best tight end ever. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he said, you know, Grand, you've never seen him block. You never saw Tony Gonzalez block. Go look at the tape on Antonio Gates. He's like... Witten obviously played with him at Dallas, but he's like, Witten's the best tight end ever. Uh, so that was interesting to read, you know, when you see your contemporaries and players and a guy that I think is a, wasn't he a, no, that's a different dude. Uh, anyway, he, he might have not played with him, but they played on the same, they, or they played both, against yeah, him a bunch, probably. They were both probably, Dallas, yeah. on, on Dallas. So yeah, just, just having to cover him because he's, you know, one of the type of guys that he would have to cover coming, yeah. in, coming out of that slot there. Uh, Witten is definitely one of the more well-rounded, most well-rounded tight ends ever to play the game. I, I can't put him up there as the top tight end ever. That's a little too high price, but he's definitely one of the best well-rounded, that's for sure. 
Now, do you think between Beasley and Terrence Williams, what's the target distribution? Are you liking Williams and where his ADP is? Are you is he landing on any of your teams in mocks? Are you targeting him at all? Or what are, what are your thoughts on Williams as a wide receiver too on that system? I I, I don't like it. I, I really I, I'm not the biggest fan of Terrence Williams in, in this offense coming up this year. Um, like I said, because it was it was so wide open because they had to respect the run game so much last year. Williams happened to be open for quite a bit of uh, the touchdowns he got. Still didn't catch a ton of passes, and he's not going to catch a ton of passes again this year, and I don't see uh, it being a, a touchdown every fourth catch or fifth catch for him or whatever. That's, that's just not going to happen. I think Beasley uh, is, the benef- is a major beneficiary here, as is Witten, of course, as we talked about. Both of those guys are going to get more dump-offs because it's going to go back to a, more of a passing-type offense than uh, it was last year with the running game. Um, and those are the two guys who are going to benefit for sure. Well, let me, let me close that. I'll agree that I believe that Beasley is going to see the biggest increase of all the production. But I do believe that Terrence Williams is going to see an uptick. Just the fact that you're not going to be giving your running back 342 carries this year, there's going to be more passes that are going to be coming his way. I see him probably increasing his catch total anywhere from... 15 to 20 catches. Oh, that's oh, that's a I, lot. I know, I know. I think about an extra catch per game is basically where I'm where I'm figuring. Did okay. you see on Facebook.com and check us out if you're listening and, you ha- and you're not following us on Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac? Uh, did you see on Facebook last week uh, my post about uh, Houdini being uh, definitely being a Desbian? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nice. That's my name it. for you. Des, you're a desbian. Desbian. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I'll take it. Amen. I'll wear it with pride. Amen. You wear whatever, whatever you got to do, buddy. I keep each, swinging each, at you. To each keep his own. Keep swinging yeah, at you. There you go. Uh, last thing on the Cowboys, and then we'll move on. Offensive line has obviously been a, a huge component of this team in success, especially last year, and everyone loves that offensive line there. Everyone's the top line in, in football. You rarely see someone's touting a team that they think is better in that position. Can they get any better? What's the situation there? Are they going to get worse? Is there any injuries? Is there any issues happening there? Or is all well on the Dallas Cowboy offense? Well, line? I think that more is actually going to be asked of them this year. That they're going to have to. They're going to have to try and be better. I mean, I, I don't know if they get better than what they were last year. Last year was just a, a phenomenal offensive line season. Uh, you, you don't see that very often. But they're going to be asked to do a lot more. They're going to have to protect Romo as best as they can because you can't depend on anybody in that backfield at this point. And even if, even with the run game rolling, if they if they do try and run it. Uh, more and keep that type of game going. You don't have DeMarco Murray doing it. You know that you're going to lose a yard of carry possibly. I know that Randall had an awesome yards per carry last season, but that's coming in a, in a second back role, playing in, in different packages. This for being a first and second down back, it's just not going to happen that way. You know, there's plenty of guys that you could throw out there who had seven, six, seven yards of carry when they were in a you know the second type of back role, like a. Uh, you know, like our, our boy Duke Ellington yeah. over there. You know, the, you put him in a first and second down roll, that takes off a yard and a half, two yards off of their yards per carry. That's what's going to happen to Randall this year. Um, and uh, Darren McFadden, you can't trust anything there. And Lance Dunbar is, wow, I don't but, know why there's so much talk about that guy. As far as the offensive line, I, I also think it's going to, they're going to take a hit because without that running game, they're going to be in a lot of third and longs. And that's where you extend and put pressure on your offensive line. I think that's where they're going to show uh, chinks in the armor this year that they didn't show last year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. You guys cool? Let's move on to Philadelphia Eagles. 
Oh, there's a lot of information brewing around those interwebs about this team. Uh, Chip Kelly's being called out uh, more and, and, and again for not being able to understand the black player, not caring, not being able to connect with them. Uh, not the hugest deal, but we don't need to discuss that. Let's keep to fantasy football. But it does seem like this guy's got kind of that Shiano, um, that uh, man, man's... Well, Mancini, not Mancini, Henry Mancini. Henry Mancini? Yeah. <laughs> well, the guy that's not the, deep, the guy from Cleveland. He's the guy that did Welcome Back Connor the team was Henry yeah. Mancini. Man, Mangini. Yeah, Mangini. What we used to call Mangina. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but these certain coaches, unless you're really, really winning fast, like a Belichick has been able to do, you, you wear out your welcome quick. You think of uh, Josh McDaniels. These guys that just come in and put their stamp... Mike Martz, uh, these guys that just—it's their way or the highway—and they they build or they build their team and get rid of shed a lot of talent. If you don't win right away, this guy could be transaction by transaction digging his own hole. Right. Well, he's either—he's—you're either a genius or you're a goat. That's how these things get made. That's how Bill Parcells became Bill Parcells. That's how Belichick became Belichick. You know, if you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing. You get He wants guys that are just not going to question what's going on in the locker room. He wants cohesion so that they can actually see his offense running the way he wants. Now, yeah, he shed a lot of talent in order to, to get that. So, um, And they're also putting a lot of stock in question marks with, with the quarterback situation, you know, and talking about extending him already, too. So um, The youth at the positions, I mean, they're relying on a him, lot of young guys right now. Yep. Give him credit. They've been good his first two years, you know. They have to make the next step, so this is now his his opportunity. He, look, he made he made Deshaun Jackson into a multi-multi-millionaire and, and, and then got him out of town. He made Jeremy Macklin into a much better receiver than he had ever been in the league before, and now he's out of town, so... He believes it's like college for him. He says, next recruiting class. Yeah, that's, yeah. here's the thing with him. He does have an extremely exciting offense. And you can you can plug players into the type of offense they run, and they're going to be successful. But in order for the team to be successful and win games, you've got to have continuity. You've got to have longevity of these players playing together in the system for a while. Uh, you're going to just throw in a rookie into the starting spot, a uh, wide receiver spot in Aguilar, who will win that spot. He didn't start out in practices playing with the ones, but he is now from what I hear. You're going to throw DeMarco Murray from a different team into the into uh, the number one role there. Ryan Matthews, same thing. You go out and get a new quarterback in Sam Bradford. These guys are going to have to play together for a few years before they understand whether Chip Kelly is somebody worth keeping around for the long term. His, uh, it is an extremely exciting offense, and you could definitely see it developing into something, but you got to keep these guys together in the same roles year after year for it to really work. But the fact of the matter is, if he was 6-10, and 10, then this wouldn't be the discussion right now. It would be, sure. you're, you're a loser and get the hell out of town. Yeah, you're shitty. So his, his, he's giving a chance to, to, he's getting the chance to blossom in the league, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm getting a chance for a Val Verde in my stomach. I mean, I guess it worked like you told me not to smoke pot all those years, and then I found out you were smoking pot that whole time. Not the whole time, just in the evenings and all day every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Kind of true. <laughs> what else we got here? Running back, breakout, and distribution. Dogmatica, where is this going? Well, I, I mean, it came straight from Ryan Matthews' mouth. So, I mean, that's what I'm going off of here, and I could see him being kind of right. Um, 
He believes that uh, it's more of a main back type of role. Actually, I think, that, no, this came out of LaShawn McCoy's mouth talking about Ryan Matthews and what, what's going to happen there. Um, and I actually believe him. Uh, I think that uh, DeMarco is probably talking, that's for sure. Yeah, he does. De- DeMarco's probably going to get about 250 carries or so. Uh, I think that Matthews will get uh, 100, maybe a tiny bit more, a tiny bit less, right in that zone, a little bit over, over 100. And Sproles will, will stay in his same role, and that's pretty much the way it's going to work out. Well, I, I saw early on in camp, on the, it was the second day of camp, they held DeMarco out. Yeah. So and he's like, oh, I don't know why I'm being held out. So to me, I think that, of course, you're not going to see DeMarco get into 300 and whatever 40 carries that he had last no. year. But 250, yeah, I even might say that that's why he's going to continue to fall down in my, in my tears here is because I almost have a feeling he might be closer to 200 to 225. And that Ryan Matthews, if he can stay healthy... Now, then, that, then he goes up to maybe like 130. And the reason I think that is that Chip wants that fast-paced offense, so if he sees the running back lagging anyway, he's going to just swap him out and just keep the same offense rolling. See, the thing is, they knew what they got in DeMarco Murray. He may have stayed healthy for most of, if not all, of last year, but he has an injured past, and he is liable to, to injuries, um, especially with the, the way that he runs. So you do need to keep him out here and there, and even you know whether Demarco agrees with it or not, or pretends like he doesn't understand why they keep me out of practice. They have the reasons behind it, and they're right. You know, you got to keep this guy fresh throughout the year so he doesn't burn himself out, so he doesn't get injured easier. Um, it's it's the same thing with Ryan Matthews, to be quite honest. So like, that's the way it's going to happen. So how about uh, Sam Bradford? Let's talk about Bradford. Yeah, they're in contract negotiations, but. Uh, he still can't go at 100 percent, right? No, actually, from what I hear, he's he's been running pretty darn well, and he says he feels awesome after the first four days of camp. Uh, his knee is holding up great. They say they're, you know, the, the team itself says there's no competition whatsoever. It is Bradford's job, 100 um, percent, and that's just the way it's going to run out. Isn't that what they all say, unless they're Derrick Rose? True. <laughs> I don't know. I can't trust it yet. There's our basketball reference. We can't trust it. <laughs> But, I, you know, Bradford is uh, a great quarterback for this type of offense, when healthy, of course, and I'm hoping that he does stay healthy. I was a huge fan when he came out. Um, he has all the tools necessary to run this offense and run it at a high, high level. Um, he has the players to throw it to, and it's going to be interesting. I, if he stays healthy, he is going to be a bargain, a huge bargain for fantasy owners this year. That's what I want to make a point to. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to make sure that our listeners understand this. I, we're all fans of Sam Bradford, but we are extremely confident. Stags will disagree, and he believes that he can use Sam Bradford to ride through the whole season. So I think the three of us agree Sam Bradford is the guy we want as our backup quarterback. I don't want to go into the regular season with him as my starter. I think there are still too many question marks with the two ACL tears. I do think that there are, are too many question marks with his history and the fact that it's a new offense and everything that, that goes along with it. And, you know, one dumb mistake because you don't know the, the offense 100% well, and you, or one guy turns the wrong way and you're exposed to a, to a nasty hit, you know, again, with his propensity for injury. So, but I love him as a backup quarterback. I want to grab him as my backup. And I, that way I just feel like, wow, what the upside I have there. And not have to count on it from day one. Here's the thing, is that we knew that Ryan Tannehill was going to put up great stats last year. But we also knew that nobody else was going to take him as a starter. So we knew that he would be a guy that we can get in our teams as a backup without a problem. And we did. And that that's, I mean, a phenomenal thing. Sam Bradford might be the same way this year. He's going to be a guy that will put up starter numbers. 
Period. Yeah. You, you, you're going to watch him play. And he'll, he'll outscore your starter half the time. I, I think we're in agreement there. But so then, is are you willing? Are you are you with me? Do you think that you will you are you I willing draft to risk drafting him as a starter? I will not draft okay. draft him as my starter. It's just it, it's an independent situation. I cannot depend on it throughout the entire season. I wish I could because he's going to put up those great numbers. But you're going to get him as a backup, and that's where he's best uh, placed in the uh, fantasy order. Quick, just a round robin answer for from each of us. Ertz is shooting up ADPs. He's one of the hotter names right now. Has been for the last few weeks. Should we temper expectations? Or are you jumping on board? Where where do you guys fall? Just a quick hey, you know, a little sub sub on it. Jumping on board. He was only on the field for fifty four point five percent of the snaps last year. He is going to be on the field for at least seventy five percent of the snaps this year. He has jumped up my board quite a bit in fantasy, but I'm still gonna t- at this point I have to temper expectations a little bit because in camp right now they have Selleck running with the ones and running with them fluidly constantly. They still Everts going with the twos because he still has some problems with the blocking, and that's a big thing that he kind of needs to be that in Chip Kelly's offense. So I'm t- tempering expectations, but he has every every possibility in the world to break out and be a top five tight end this year. Quick thing I'll say is I believe that that's a motivating thing for Ertz that they're moving him down there to say get your ass in gear and Agreed. start blocking. I agree. I agree. When you, when they, when a guy's going in the seventh eighth round at this point in drafts at a tight end position, he is kind of that last guy before the real fall off. So I'm not saying that I'm not going there. I have I have had him on a number of my mocks and some of my teams, and you guys know that I've been I've been loving him. Uh, I've been loving him in our in our, our expert drafts, uh, but. Yeah, I agree. As he get, he's get, as as we go to more and more drafts, if he's get creeping up into the, the five six zones, uh, I'm scared. The ADP but right now is still at ninety seven. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. So I mean, that's ninth round for a ten team draft. Or right. That's I mean, I like him. Maybe late, late seventh uh, or early eighth in a twelve team. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, uh, that's good information. Matthews and Aguilar. Anybody else? Uh, what do you guys think? Is there you liking what's going to happen there? Just a quick overview, and then let's move on to the next team. Well, they they started off with Matthews, obviously running with the ones. They also had uh, Riley Cooper and Josh Huff running with the ones. Aguilar, they said, has played so well that they started putting him in with the ones. That he's making all the catches. He's, he's fluid in all his routes. Uh, he's going to be a stud. He's going to be starting by the game one. And uh, he's a guy that you really, I think, I, I'm, I'm surprised at how low he's, he's going. He's a guy that I would be jumping all over, to be quite honest. He, you're gonna, I think I would jump in and grab him around before people are starting to think about him, just because I'm that confident in his abilities and his ability in that offense to produce for my fantasy team. It's not because you're not hot. I would love to tap that ass. I would tear that ass up. I can't let you in because you're old as fuck for this club, not, you know, for the earth. What? You old, she pregnant. Can't have a bunch of old pregnant bitches running around. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the New York Giants. They got a couple old pregnant women and they got some hot as hell youngsters as well. Uh, We got, obviously, the offensive line concerns. Eli Manning over his career has gotten sacked a hell of a lot of times. Is this current construction of the offensive line an issue? Can they protect Eli? It's an issue, but luckily this offense that they're running is a quick hitch offense. Um, So, yeah, he's still going to take his sacks, but Eli has not missed a game in his career. So I'm not really that worried about it with with Eli. 
What I do love about Eli is he's finally breaking out of his shell. You see those commercials? I was going to say, were you talking about the bad comedian? Yeah, the, the, yeah. That's, that's funny. That's <laughs> some good stuff. He's, he's not Peyton yet. Peyton's still the funniest in, in my eyes. But Eli's getting there. He's at least breaking out of his shell. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of like the ugly stepchild there for a while. But I, I, I'm growing my fandom of him. Uh, I, I like what he's doing now. What about... Um you think the line? Are you worried about that, friend? Uh, yeah, sure. It's. I mean, it's. It's a worry, but like I said, it's. It could be covered a bit with the quick hitch offense, you know, and they they have uh, enough running backs and enough wide receivers there, uh, so that it's not like he has to, uh, you know, zero in on any one particular uh, wide out or, or running back. So he has his choice. He's quick through his progressions, and it's it shouldn't be that much of a problem. Year two of, of that new offensive system, obviously, he's going to be much more in command of it. Uh, breakout season out of those running backs, uh, Houdini or Dog, which guy, which, where, where do you think the running game lies? Which, which player is fantasy relevant this year? <laughs> you know, it's like, do you really, it, it's, a tough, it's a tough pick. I mean, it's not like you have amazing players to choose from. you got Rashad Jennings, who... Who's also an injury guy. Will guy. get injured. Half right. You've got another guy who will get injured, but will also have potential to put up good numbers in this quick hitch offense in Shane Vereen. Agreed. Uh, then you have your slow plotter in uh, Andre Williams. Uh, and uh, who else we got on the roster? No one. That's really, it. That's, that's it. it, really. So um, You'll get half a season from Rashad, and then the other half with Andre Williams, and Shane Vereen will pick up all the running back slack that you get from the quick hitch stuff. And that's the way it's going to be. No one's going to be outstanding, but no one's going to be terrible either. Well, and the good news is that they have the wide receivers that are going to be able to take the pressure off of the running game and, and make defenses. that They automatically respect them coming in. It's not like they have to prove anything to anyone. When you're lining up uh, Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz, and Ruben Randall, you're, you're, you're pretty formidable right straight across. I'm shocked in the expert leagues kind of how early Vereen's going, but I think that He's going to get a lot of play, a lot more play because of injuries and maybe an aptitude of, of Williams. But he's he's going. A lot of the experts are hedging their. They're trying to put, shine the light on him and have that guy be some player that might have a breakout. Season. He was a second round pick, and the, the Patriots <laughs> made the pick. You got to respect that. Wow. Okay? The guy's a good player. You know. You know what they're expecting? They're expecting him to go back to before he got hurt. Maybe where it was in that first eight games, he was on pace to finish with like. How many targets was it? 186 God, targets? Or it, was, it was ridiculous. So he has the ability to make plays in the open field. This should be an offense that should be able to create some open field for him. So, for sure. You know, that, I understand why people are hiding him, but I think if you're reaching into the second round for him, you're really getting lofty in those expert leagues. Now, granted, it was a 16-team league, right? Um, I don't know. I sure yeah. hope it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, were six, they were both. So... There's uh, it, it's too bad that this happened, but earlier in the week we had a player come out of the Giants camp that was looking like he might be pretty solid at the tight end position. A guy they just signed in, Jerome Cunningham, looked like with uh, uh, Donald uh, still trying to recover from an Achilles injury, I believe, in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Achilles tendonitis. Yeah, this guy uh, Cunningham, a practice guy from last year that they signed, they were fired up. He was what, running with the first teamers at tight end. I guess I posted some stuff around uh, Facebook and Twitter, got a text from Staggs, like, I took that down, he was just carted off the field. So, uh, <laughs> he, was, he was interviewed, and I read something from a local New York, he's like, I was, I'm not surprised that I'm going to be the star, that's the way I got to think, that's the way I've been preparing, he's all ready to go, and it's like, two days, that was on the third, like yesterday, the fifth, 
So hopefully he's all right. But if he is, and it's not something uh, too serious, then this is a guy to watch out for. The number one wide uh, tight end for a Peyton, uh, not Peyton, uh, Eli, an Eli-led team uh, could have a lot of value. ODB and then uh, ODB, Cruz, or Randall. Obviously, it's ODB and then who? Who do you like, Cruz or Randall? Is there any other guys that could I'll, be I'll, okay in fantasy? Out, I like Cruz. Lineup? I like Cruz better than Randall just because Cruz has the the history. He has better hands. I like that Ruben Randall is starting to catch the ball better, and I think that ODB is going to rub off on him. So I think that it's one of those things that you're going to get Randall at a better value, but I think you're going to get better production out of Cruz. And Cruz has actually been falling in a lot of drafts, too, with people with the speculation about wherever his injury is. So depending on when you actually draft uh, your, your league, if it's a, a league that you're going to draft like August 15th, so it's coming right up, or if you're like me and most of my drafts are like the week before the season starts, so uh, you'll have you'll have all the evidence to show you. But uh, I, I still think for those people, before it actually gets out there, I say Victor Cruz is still worth taking a chance on in those middle rounds. You know, I'll, I'll tell you something here. First of all, he's an incredible playmaker, uh, Cruz is. Um, how much he loses uh, from his injuries, uh, I, I don't know. He's, he, I mean, he's not, I guess I, I'm hearing he's not quite as explosive a, as he was. But then again, I've heard from uh, you know a couple of the guys in Giants camp, obviously they're going to talk up their own players, saying that he looks like he might even be better than before the injury. Um, I, I would take a chance on Cruz before Randall. Don't get me wrong. I do like Randall if he's going to be starting and playing all the time in this offense. He's got the potential there, but he doesn't have the playmaking ability of obviously either Beckham or Cruz. Uh, but, I mean, they brought in a couple other guys there to give Randall a run. I mean, not that they're that great, but James Jones they brought in there. Uh, Corey Washington's a good, a good player to watch out for. Um, I don't want to say that you know Preston Parker or, or Dwayne Harris is anything to worry about or Jerron Kreiner. I mean that's a decent. He's, he's a great camp guy, but uh, can never turn into the, the real thing. But uh, I mean, <laughs> it's a Kreiner shame. Yeah, it's a Kreiner. <laughs> no, that's uh, terrible. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm the bad punk. Cruz is the one I would take the chance on over Randall, but Randall I think will probably give you steady production throughout the year. Cool. And uh, Randall has the potential if an injury happens to the other guys to have a step up in production. Agreed. Agreed. Their defense, is that, a, is that a team to play against and for a strength of schedule when you were coming up with your strength schedule? Are the New York Giants at the, a bottom feeder? And if you're streaming and if you're looking at, uh, from playing the matchups, is that a defense that you like to have your fantasy guys go against? I'll, 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 I'll wait to figure out where the strength of schedule is on it, but I'll tell you this. you got question marks, right? Because you have uh, JPP, who's got a blown-up hand and is still not back. Um, you have... Question mark, they believe that Landon Collins is going to be able to step in and take over that safety role. We'll see how effective he'll be on the back end of that defense. So, you know, are they going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback in the first half of the season? I'm not 100% sure. Where, where were they ranked in strength? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but they were, they, you wanted to play them last yeah. year. Uh, you know, that was not a, they were not a defense that anybody was scared to play against. They had their time, they had their games where, you know, they were outstanding, but they have, you know, Dominic rogers Camardi now and uh, and Prince Akamura, of course, at the at the corners. It's not, you know, all that bad there. And, of course, you said with Landon Collins coming in. It's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it is the NFC East and there's, uh, you know, going to be a lot of scoring there one way or another. So, I don't know. I think you'd, I'd want to be playing against them. Yeah, that's a, that's a team I would have no problem going up against for sure. Nice. Well, we, we kind of moved through that team quite well. Hopefully that's going to be the norm here. Let's move on to the last team in uh, the NFC East, and that's the Washington Redskins. Obviously, 
I don't know if you heard today, but I guess Deshaun Jackson got knocked out by a, a, a blocking sled or something. Is that practice. what separated his shoulder? No, actually, that that, no? Was, that was a false report. False? He was, is that the yeah. onion you were reading? Yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that ended up being a false report. Um, it turned out he was di- he was diving for a ball, and he came down on his shoulder pretty hard. Um, and, and is it separated? No, it turned out it's also just a, it's a bruised... Um, uh, what is it? A bruised, uh, sprained AC joint or something like that. It's only going to be one to two weeks. It's not going to be much longer than that. Um, of course, he's—I mean—he's somewhat of a brittle, thin kid. So I mean, you got to worry about something like that. But I don't know. It's, don't it's, tell it's him that. He'll shoot you. Slightly separated, badly bruised. You know, whatever. You, yeah. Any that? I'm going to shut up. <laughs> there we go. Well, and then with the Redskins, obviously they're all. They're all in on RG3. Um, is he going to perform in your guys' estimation, or is it going to be one of the two backups? Uh, actually, uh, Colt's gone, right? So it's still only... No, uh, Colt's no, there. Colt's He's there. there. I thought he signed with another team. No. So it's amazing that Kirk's still there. Yeah, so uh, Kirk Cousins yeah. or Colt McCoy, what happens? Give me a quick overview of how you see this thing painted out for fantasy owners. Here's my overview. This has been a marriage made, made in hell since Jay Gruden got here. Gruden doesn't want him. Gruden has no choice because the owner wants him. So Gruden has to play him, and then Gruden wants to bench him. Uh, but if you bench him, what's the, what's the benefit? Who you're not gonna? It's Colt McCoy really gonna set the light the, the, the lights on fire? Oh man! Paint the town red. Colt McCoy is our quarterback. We're going. We're going to the Super Bowl. Maybe Cousins so, could. You know, a couple years ago, we, 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 we thought that Raven. He sucked last year. We saw it last year. He, sucked, he had but, his opportunity. Yeah, We've flower. seen it all before, and I don't see how the story changes. Griffin is in there for eight games. Maybe he gets injured, maybe he doesn't, but he doesn't play all that well. Maybe he has a terrible game somewhere in the middle of the season, eight, nine, nine you know, week ten, something like that, and they finally say, fuck it. All right, we're going with somebody else, so we can't take this anymore. They go with Cousins, he blows up and has a terrible game, and then they go with McCoy, and it's the same thing over again. It's a, <laughs> Here's an interesting question. Do you think that uh, never happened in the NFL to this point, but with the new pushback trade deadline, with the way that, that Gruden is, and, and if he makes a compelling enough case, if RG3 struggles in his offense to Daniel Snyder and says, look, we got to move him. You want me to be your head coach? Because if you're going to keep saddling me with this guy, then, then I'm out. You know, I don't know if he would say that, but, you know. Here's what Snyder would say. He's like, you're just like Shanahan. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, all those guys, I think, can tell you this. Snyder is a, a, a very meddlesome when it comes to the players that are, are going to get played because of how he feels about them. So, I, I, you know, what if, what if, is there a possibility that RG3 could be traded is what I'm asking. To the so, St. Louis Rams? To right, right where he should have yeah. gone in the first yeah. place. They yeah. gave up everything for him. And goes right back to a team that could, could maybe use What if he gets traded to? to the, I, got, I got the team to that the he traded to. No. Backs up, Andrew Luck. To the Bills. To the Bills who are struggling. And, they, and if the Bills could be smart because if they cut Matt Castle, because if he doesn't become the starter on this team, they got to cut him because they think he'll cost them. They'll save like almost $4.75 under the cap That's by really. cutting him. You're not going to pay that to a guy who's going to be your backup. No. GM today said that the Bills, he said flat out, we're pretty much in quarterback purgatory. Purgatory, that's exactly what he said. So wouldn't that, that is not a resounding... Well, the reason why he said it is because he knows that the team is going to be too good to get a high draft pick and be able to draft a, a good quarterback. So this isn't this a match made in heaven? 
You could potentially you think RG three has a career. Well, the other thing, well, right. The other thing is, I think he's better in what they have. There. And, and Rex Ryan, I think, would have, would be a better coach for him anyway than allow him to do his own offense. Sure. And so, but but here's my point. I don't think you have to pay that much to get him. You know, this is like what I was saying. When Brandon Marshall Marshall goes for a fifth round pick, you know, it just becomes contractual type things. You know, he's going to be a free agent potentially because they're not going to sign him. So you're making a trade. What do you give up to get him? A third round pick? Maybe a fourth round pick? You're not going to have to give up more than that. Another team that could use him is uh, Houston Houston Texans. Played down at Baylor. He's from there. Could be a situation there. We'll bring a guy back home. They need it too. And again, Uh, two teams that are... Struggling and looking for an identity going forward. So why wouldn't they want to invest something in a guy like that? Hopefully he's not uh, the next Kevin Cobb, uh, but I agree. Why not take a shot? Alfred Morris, is he still the man, or is Matt Jones um, moving up the charts? Is this... You're hearing a lot of buzz about Jones. Is this all just the same old talking No, Matt Jones is a really good player, and... uh, I think that if you were to put him in a different situation, maybe he, he would have a run at the uh, at the starting job. But Alfred Morris is the man there. Um, they're trying to get him. Uh, it's the same thing as usual, obviously. They're trying to get him more involved in, in the passing game, seeing if he could uh, you know chip uh, chip away at those stone hands a little bit. But he's the man there, and he does run well on first and second down, and they're comfortable with him, and he knows the offense. I don't think they're about to just throw in the rookie over him. It's going to be Alfred Morris. Morris is still going to get his normal workload, and it might be might be pretty high this year. They're really planning on using him quite a bit. So I think he's going. Uh, I can't remember what his ADP is, but I think that wherever you're getting him at this point is. I don't want to say it's a steal, but um, you'll be happy with where you're getting. And I know you're higher on him than than I think I am. Um, and I just traded him in a. <laughs> yeah. That was the one. That well, that was a PPR. Yeah, was you were, you were in a PPR league. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Different. This is that's my. That was gonna be my point because the, the thing I worry about with him is he's not a PPR back at all. He wasn't gonna give you like twelve to thirteen catches on the season at that. most. At most, maybe six. Um, and he's not a guy that breaks the long runs at all. And so he's you get more tread on your tires. You know, he's always been. He's been the effort running back. He's been he's been the the, the blue collar guy that you can get behind. He gets into a, into a pile. He'll carry that pile forward for another two or three yards before going down. But how many twenty plus yard runs is he breaking? Not very many. So you don't get like you'll never get from him those huge huge games where you're going to get 160 yards. That's what I you know I always want that fantasy running back from, to have the potential to give me those games. And he just, he's a guy that if you just want to have Steady points behind a, a, as a second running back, and that's what you're getting with him. Well, he's in a contract year, too, so that's a bonus. Contract year. We always like want to get a new Mazda. We have. <laughs> Mom, I got a new contract. I got a new 626. 1987. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it in tinted windows and a pinstripe. <laughs> Uh, the Bentley. The Bentley. Good stuff. All right, is this a rebound year for Pierre Garçon, or is he done? Is it? Is he the third wide receiver and not going to be a viable fantasy football option? Hey, Two years ago, stud jobber. Got banged up with that toe job, uh, but week one blew out. He was looking great. They're switching his role. Uh, they're putting him back in the, in the X spot, I think, now, and uh, he's going to get a, a lot more passes thrown his way. Uh, he's he is dynamic. He has game. All right. Oh, yeah. He's not. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a player that you can if you use him correctly, uh, you're going to be extremely happy with his production. Um, I think I think he does rebound this year. I don't think it's going to be 
you know, the 100 and whatever, how many catches he made a couple years ago, 113 or whatever it was. I don't think it's going to be that, but it's definitely going to be more than the 60-something he had last year. It's going to be right around between 80 and 90, if you ask me. It's going to be very similar to when we called, uh, I think it was two years ago, two or three years ago, when we called the Renaissance season for Reggie Wayne after he was coming off of that horrible season and everyone thought that his career was over mm-hmm. and then he, he bounced back uh, at Angelux first year yeah. and you know oh why are you staying in, in Indianapolis and it's like oh he was just taking the money and whatever and all of a sudden he had a great a, a yeah. very yeah. nice year for especially for where he was drafted at yeah no, and, and you know with Deshaun I mean not that Deshaun's recent injury is going to make a, a difference at all but um, Garcon is I mean he's just going to get more volume this year I, I know that's going to happen uh, the question is, is, is the third receiver spot. I think that's the uh, the big question here because Andre Roberts was just a, a piece of poo last year. He was just awful. So they need something else going on there. Ryan Grant, a great player, great young player, who has a chance to uh, unseat him there, as does Jameson Crowder. Uh, both of them extremely young, obviously, Crowder, the, 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 uh, the rookie. Um, we'll see what happens there, but uh, Andre Roberts is just... God, he was overblown years ago. He was know. the guy that got pissed off when yeah, they signed Deshaun Jackson. He signed and left to Arizona. Oh, it's going to be the wide receiver, receiver too. too. Dude, you're not even good enough to be the third wide receiver on this team. And this team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, though. They just they have not been very good. Now, don't, don't hate to say it. We love when you say it. Uh, quickly. Is Reed uh, going to be able to, at tight end, is he going to be able to rebound? Or is this just an injury guy that's going to float off into the into the ether? Yeah, well, number one, you don't have to worry about it. What's his ADP? I think he's like the 20th tight end that's going off the board. So it's like no one's ever, no one's, he's lost the luster of anyone feeling like they needed to go get him. So you, you, you're you not going to have to spend for him. You can just watch on the on the waiver wire. But 26th. He's going, 26th. So, yeah, he's out there. Um, <laughs> the problem is, is he can't stay healthy. We've seen flashes, but at the same time, it's a different offense than he was in when he was showing the flashes. And, you know, the way that they were using him last year reminded me very much of why I didn't like Tyler Eifert in his rookie season under Jay Gruden. You know, these five-yard out passes. What is that? Yeah. no. the tight end. Why are you throwing five-yard outs? Reed has, uh, uh, he has a lot of athleticism, and if he's used the right way, he could be a stud. But... Do, do do your fool me fool me one. Well, you know you know we got a saying down in uh, Texas. I think it's the same thing you got here in uh, Tennessee. It goes uh, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool, wait, you get you get fooled. You can't get fooled again. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the way I feel about Jordan Reed. Period. Uh, he he is a George Bush Jr. of of the uh, National Football League. I just will not get fooled by him. I don't care how athletic he looks out there. I don't care how great of a game he puts up in week one or two. I'm not buying. He will go down, and I will not have him on my team. I'll be very happy not to. It's a fleeting moment. This NFL, as as uh, as Thomas, uh, the, the NFL scout that does some work with us, said, he's like. Uh, uh, the, the NFL is a fickle thing, or something of that nature. He three years ago he was the next Aaron uh, Hernandez out of Florida. Now basically nobody wants him anywhere near their team. I want to go to the NFC West. Well, I want to go to Valverde Town. Yeah. Only about twenty and five percent black people. He said that five percent. That means for twenty five people here, I get to let in one and a quarter black people. So I got to hope it's a black midget in the crowd. 
All right, the Seahawks. It's uh, knocked up, by the way. Is, okay. is your audio for tonight? And what's the what's the intro and outro music that you're? Average white band. Yeah. And the uh, the intro was a song that you've probably heard in many many movies called "Pick Up the Pieces." Nice. And uh, we'll be closing with uh, a schoolboy crush. Amen, amen. And then uh, we're drinking. I've got a nice can of some Revolution Brewing Fist City Chicago Pale Ale. I've mentioned this one on the podcast previously. It's one of my go-tos. It's nice and light. A lot of mergers of excellent flavors. Not too hoppy, not too citrusy. Just kind of got that nice serendipitous taste to it. What are you drinking? I got the old Rasputin. The old Rasputin. The Imperial Stout, because that's where I stay in. But this is the old Russian Imperial Stout. Original. You're drinking it in your uh, much loved little sh- shock. This shock is no. Glass. This is actually bigger than the one I had the other time. This is the, this is the middle glass. This is the. I don't have the baby glass today. Fair enough. And you got some. No, eight I got, cores, uh, I got the magic bullet, and the mountains are blue, baby. Mountains are blue. They're nice and cold. I always noticed, and I thought it was uh, interesting and and smart of them. Whenever you see a Coors commercial, like Coors Heavy, uh, yellow label, they never mention Adolf Coors anymore. They're no. just like, Mr. Coors, Mr. Coors. <laughs> they kind of removed this guy's first name. Yep. Good thinking. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 I think that Coors Yellow is like currently, along with Modelo, like the fastest growing beer uh, in the world right now. It wouldn't shock And your other one, PBR, has got to be up there because PBR is killing it right now. Oh, yeah. All right, Seattle Seahawks. Can our um, Russell Wilson, can he, he got his money, not nearly what he was trying to get. Uh, but he, last minute before, uh, you know, you couldn't move on and sign your players. He went and got the most he could. He took the best offer, which was a smart move, or he was going to be playing at $1.5 million this season. Can he be as effective as he has been, uh, or is he going to be overdrafted? I, I think he'll probably be overdrafted, but I'm going to make a case that he can be Almost as effective, knowing that he's probably going to lose at least 300 rushing yards, if not maybe 400 rushing yards, okay? So here's the case I'm going to make for it. Um, he also had, what was it, how many rushing touchdowns did he have last year? Uh, Four or three. Uh, let's see here. Uh, rushing. Six. Six. That's, I think that comes down to three. So I've got to make up for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Well, how do I do that? We only threw for 20 touchdowns last year. He threw for 26 when he was a rookie. So you look at what his potential is. Here's a guy that now has always been on the team that's been super leaning on the run, and then he became a runner as well. Well, you got Lynch, who's got to be getting toward the end of the, of the tread on that tire. is getting pretty thin. So now you got in Jimmy Graham in there. you got guys that you think that you can give him actual weapons in the passing game. He's never thrown for, for over 3,500 yards. I'll make the case he could throw for 4,000 yards in this offense if they take off some of the, the onus on being a straightforward run first team. And, and, I, and, and then I expect to see his touchdowns if that becomes the case. He could become a guy that can throw for 28 touchdowns, you know. So now I'm, I can make up those points. I don't think you're going to see an increase, though, in what he did. He'll be overdrafted a bit. Um, he won't put up the same amount of points that he had last season, but he'll still put up enough to put him in the top six or seven fancy QBs in the league, which is just fine. Um, I think you're reaching on him if you're going uh, third round, which is where he currently is right now in the ADP. I think he's uh, thir- 33rd. 
He's the third run, uh, the third uh, QB taken over Peyton Manning at this point, thirty third. So I, I don't know. It's yeah, that's that's a little much. It's a, it's, a, it's definitely a little high for my blood, for my taste. Uh, but I think he puts up enough points to land him in the top six. You know, six or seven guys, which is fine. If you can get him later on, do it. I'm all for a little too high for my blood. All right, we'll go to the line. <laughs> Is this the year of uh, that uh, Fugly McSkittles um, is done? Or And who is the true cuff on that team? Let's not call injuries. Let's not talk about that too much because we've been right and we've been wrong on him. And he always he I, always outshines whatever you think. He's a total beast. Uh, but go in. What do you think I'm not about gonna say I'm not going to say injury. Yeah. But I'm going to say the amount of carries he's had is going to be very reminiscent to, if you remember... Um, I think it was Eddie George way back when had like 340 or 50 carries in a, in a season. 400. Was it over 400? And then the next 400. year, he still <laughs> had like, a, a, an ex, like an extreme amount of carries, but only finished with 937 yards. Yeah. Like, there just comes a point in time when you're taking that type of the guy who runs like that, eventually it, it stops. And I think this is a year that it slows down. I think that the Seahawks keep him in check. This year, because they want him healthy for the playoff run, um, his carries will be tapered back. Plain and simple, that's just the way it's going to be. And uh, uh, Turbin, who is coming off of an injury himself, actually, uh, or coming off surgery or whatever, uh, he's he's the cuff at this point, and he's a good player. He's actually it's the strangest thing. I was debating this with a friend in the bar, and I had to prove it to him. Who's the biggest of Christine Michael, uh, Marshawn Lynch, and Robert Turbin? You would think Turbin is the the smallest. He's not. He's the biggest of the three. It's the weirdest thing. But he's actually a really good player, and he's he's still a cuff at this point. They aren't. I mean, Christy Michael, from what I hear, was was actually being challenged as the the third back there uh, by Thomas Rawls. But I mean, don't you don't you think that I mean, for for all the love that we have heaped on Christine Michael, that the fact that you had not been able to displant Robert Turbin to this point in time in your career that. It's one of those things. Even though he was the, remember he was the first running back selected yeah. in that class. Uh, he's just he needs a change of scenery. He needs to either get out because he's. I don't think he's ever going to get a chance there. I think Seattle was anticipating um, either Lynch going down or playing himself out of range of a contract they could pay for, or uh, or him just falling off by this point because of the way he was used and the way he runs the ball. Or, and, and fall, or falling out with management. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. There's you know, a, a million different things that yeah. could have happened, and I don't blame him for going after somebody like a Christine Michael, who, who could have easily just come in a year after sitting there and watching what's going on and just taking taking the reins. But it hasn't happened that way because Lynch is still a beast, and I'm I cannot call it an injury on that game guy anymore. He's just he's just a beast. Yeah. <laughs> wow! It goes to show you too when you see all the all the news that comes out when guys are drafted and everything. I mean that. His rookie year and all my in, in one of my dynasty leagues, I drafted I had two picks. I got Christine Michael and Marcus Lattimore, and I was thinking I got the backfield of the future. Just give it two years, and this is going to be guys that can start. One guy's out of the league, and another guy is pretty close behind. <laughs> oh man, any wide receiver uh, really worth taking on this team? Where do you think? Uh, where do we take? Where do? You, who do you grab out of these guys, or any of them worth? Pass. I don't. Pass. I do not take a wide receiver. I do take a Jimmy Graham if he falls, but he won't. Uh, people will be taking him. Take him where? The fourth. If he's in the fourth, if you can get him in the fourth round, would you grab him? 
Because he's about a third rounder right now. Maybe, yeah, about a third rounder. Honestly, no. I, 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 my strategy, I'm waiting on tight ends. There's too many good ones that are uh, putting up numbers that you can get late in the ninth, 10th, 11th round to, to go. His ADP right now is 28. He's going, you know. And, and you're that's you're right. That's great. We've said this. Yeah. Every team that we see that reaches up for that tight end, I don't like the team. Yeah, I don't like the look of the team. When and you reach for Gronk or Graham or whatever, it's just too It's too early. And guys. we've been doing these drafts collectively as a pyro, and we're on text message. We talked about it in a couple shows previously, like literally a million text messages in our two drafts, expert league so far. We really want to draft good teams and everyone every time we're like, let's go in and, and grab a tight end, it's like or even a second tight end in these big leagues, like there's still more. There's still more. Hold off, hold off. And we're always lo and behold able to get a Charles Clay at the end there. We're always able to We've get some got, we got nice Martellus Bennett Martellus in the Bennett. tenth round of a was that a ten team draft or is it a twelve? I can't remember. I think it was twelve. I mean that's insanity. I mean, why would you go and reach for those two guys when you can get a Martellus Bennett in the tenth round? You know why? Because this is this is also expert leagues, and so I think all the experts are doing the same thing, saying I would rather have all these players at the running back and wide receiver than I than running for a tight end right now. That's I will true. say this: in Gronk some sort of with the seventh pick in that expert draft. Who did Gronk with, yeah. with the seventh overall pick? I believe it. That's a little high for my, my blood. <laughs> well, one thing I think we've noticed in some of these expert drafts, and this is a draft strategy little snippet here for you, is sometimes we've done it a little bit with defense, a little bit with kicker, and these are things we've we've talked against doing. We did it with uh, luck and uh, going grabbing him first pick of the third round. We've been able to kind of counter really smart and good fantasy people by. Taking the road less traveled. Uh, I've said it before. Uh, some successful people in, in various businesses say, hey, when people are running, I'm walking. When everyone else is walking and everyone's nervous about the next fallout, I'm running. And that's kind of a good, successful approach. It can blow up in your face, like any approach. Sure. But we've done this in both of our expert leagues so far where when everyone else is doing something, sometimes we just say, one of us will throw it out there, hey, I think there's about to be a QB run here. We need our second QB. Why don't we go on this route? Or shouldn't we grab one of these great defenses? Or in our expert league, where we're in, a, what was that the uh, where we got Andrew Luck? Is that a 14? Was that a 16? Or is that a 12? That is 12. 12. 12. 12. That was 12. So we had the number one pick. So you're sitting there with grabbed Adrian Peterson. We're saying you can wait on, on a quarterback, but I can't believe that Andrew Luck comes all the way back. Yeah. To, to, to the second round, and we're looking at Mike Evans, and then you're looking at, well, who else were we going to grab? It was going to be another wide receiver here. I like what we did with our wide receivers, no and what Andrew Luck is, is guaranteed great points every week. Yeah, no, And it's, it's always talking about, it's not that we're saying wait on quarterback, but unless it makes sense. I mean, when a guy who's supposed to be drafted in the, in the first 10 picks falls to you at 24, you feel pretty confident to, to grab that guy. Absolutely. Don't pass up value if your team can afford it, or you can afford it, you know, financially in real in the real world. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that was fast, you pussy. I'm a. Uh, you're the one that got dressed up like a cholo on Easter to come to this party. <laughs> How are things at Butt Fucking Ham Palace? You look like Babe Ruth's gay brother, Gabe Ruth. Well played, sir. <laughs> that was good. Hey, Bruce. 
<laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I forgot that, that all that like stuff is from this movie. Awesome. Let's move uh, to quickly to a Jimmy Graham. What are your? Uh, we, we we talked about him. And, and, oh, and what are my expectations? Yeah. Um, I still think he's he'll probably catch right, right around double digit uh, touchdowns. I think I think that that's going to be a close. Uh, he's going to be using that red zone quite a bit, but his. His catches in general are just going to go down, um, as well are his yards. He's going to be asked to block more. Um, this is a running team that, uh, I don't know, it's just it's not going to be the same Jimmy Graham that you're used to. He's going to come right back down to earth. So don't overdraft the guy. Cool. San Francisco 49ers. It's just a bounce-back type of year for the team as a whole uh, and Kaepernick individually. Um we talk. We seem to talk about this team plenty, so this is one of those that I'd kind of like to breeze through if, if we can. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Niners, uh, and what are your thoughts on Kaepernick? Um, I think that Kaepernick actually ends up having a pretty darn good year. I mean, he everybody's expectations of him when he came in uh, for the Niners a couple years ago and blew up the world for you know the last you know bunch handful of games of the year. Uh, everybody was expecting him to be the next coming. It didn't happen. It didn't happen, and everybody's now down on him so much because of it. I don't think you you should be. He's going to put up better stats than you think. Uh, the, the team is going to need to pass a little bit more because their defense isn't going to be as good. They're going to have to score more points. Um, they don't have Frank Gore anymore to to, to rely on. Uh, Carlos Hyde is uh, an injury risk. It seems like at all times right now. Um, Reggie Bush is always an injury risk at all times. So uh, they have Torrey Smith there, and they still have Anquan Bolden. Uh, Vernon Davis, from what I hear, uh, from what he was saying, he says he's completely rejuvenated. That whole crap with holding out last year was a big factor in him uh, having a bad year. I somewhat believe it. I don't think he's going to be the Vernon Davis of old. But there's there's still weapons there for Cap to use. And I think he's going to. He's getting better as an actual quarterback instead of just being a running phenomenon. Here's the problem that Kaepernick is uh, facing today. Uh, Frank Gore uh, was asked about how are things going on here in Indianapolis. And here's the great response. And you know that it's trouble. It's, it's big-time trouble when you start out with this very first sentence that I'm going to say. I'm not knocking my other quarterbacks. Knock, knock. I respect them other guys, but being around this guy a couple months, he's a different breed. He's smart. He makes me feel young. He runs the huddle. I never had that. That's a that's a horrible indictment on on, on all the quarterbacks that he had there from Alex Smith beforehand and you know, a bunch of other pile of trash. Well, it, it, I love that he said that. It, it, the, the fact that matters, he's right. I mean, Andrew Luck is a one of a kind. I mean, he's one of those. I mean, it's like walking into the new to Peyton Manning's huddle. I mean, of course you're going to say those things because it's true. Andrew Luck demands respect. He runs everything the way it should be run, and that's the way it is. Kaepernick was never going to be that way and will never be that way. But that's not to say that he's going to be a bad fancy player. Well, the only reason that I say it's going to be difficult because here's a guy that's going to be on a team that's going to struggle. I mean, I just I, there's no other way around it as far as I can see. I mean, under Tomasulo, you have all this turnover on the defense with the, the, the retirements of Justin Hunter, uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Willis, and uh, the second-year guy. Um, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I, whatever, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. And then you also had one of their – they lost one of their offensive linemen, too, in mm-hmm. the offseason. So there's, there's, there's just been a lot of turnover. You have all new receiving 
partners out there. I think Torrey Smith might actually be able to do okay because that's one thing the Kaepernick's never had. He's never had a guy that really is a deep threat. So, you know, how much is Torrey Smith going to be able to... The problem is... They'll, they'll say they want to work him in the middle, uh, you know, short and middle game as well. Kaepernick still needs to improve on throwing a 10 to 15 yard pass. Yeah, he, has, he doesn't have the touch. It's, it's the most hype, always high. 80% of the time, it's. High, why? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. Well, I think I said this a few weeks ago on a podcast. I think it was Bolden who was talking and saying that he, he came to practice and he saw somebody throwing. And he, he was just astounded. He's like, he was talking to his bites. Like, who's the new QB? They had no idea that that was Kaepernick throwing because he's, he's changed his, his uh, delivery. He's changed his footwork so much so that he actually looks like a real quarterback throwing around out there. So he needs to I'm change interested. his delivery. Cause yeah, he needs The delivery, he, it's just side, that long, sidearm. Yeah, sidearm, and it's like all long-ranging motion. Javelin throws. Where it needs to be, yeah. be like just... just Keep everything close, compact, and, and more consistent. I mean, that's the thing is he had no consistency to his throw. Now, I'll give you a guy who has no consistency to his throw, but his throw is always great. It's Phil Rivers. Yeah, you know, some it's guys true. can do yeah. it. Some guys can do it. Other guys can't. Yeah, you know, Bernie Kosar was the same way. I thought yeah. you were. I thought you were going to make a joke on that, where you're like, "Oh, that's Kurt Warner. Uh, Kaepernick's been, <laughs> been training with him this offseason." Right. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, what else is the, is the thing with Hyde? You know you're scared of him, but uh, could Reggie battle uh, battle him and, and take some carries away, or is this a running back situation just to kind of stay away from? Because people like Hyde, and he's kind of going in that zone where I'm not, I'm staying away at that pick. That's it. You stay, you stay away from Hyde because you you can't overdraft a guy in a bad offense. Because if you're a running back in a bad offense, you're going to be limited. Does anyone in their right mind really think that in the time of possession battle on a weekly basis that the San Francisco 49ers are going to be averaging 32 to 31 or 32 minutes a game of time of possession? I don't think so. No. I think they're going to be closer to 27, toward the bottom of the league, like 27-45 to 28-30 in time of possession. Yeah. What does that mean? It means you're probably playing from behind. So what that also means is that Hyde may be one of those guys that can have strong first quarters, but then all of a sudden the team's down 10 nothing, and they abandon that run, and maybe it's just Kaepernick running the ball at that point in time, and that really hurts us. See, that's why I think that, that Bush is being undervalued slightly. His it, The injury factor with him going back to um, a different turf now, uh, playing on uh, uh, the, the grass over there or whatever. Levi Field. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to be different for him, and I, I, his injury factors always worry me a bit. Kendall Hunter, actually, I hear, is looking phenomenal out there. Uh, not that he's somebody I would recommend grabbing, but he's a late round flyer. Hyde just right now his ADP is thirty seven. He's the eighteenth running back being taken taken above Latavius Murray, Jonathan Stewart, yeah, Gurley, Randall, T.J. Yeldon, to Joy Bell. I, I mean, I would take him over Randall. Well, let those. me ask you this. Yeah, I would maybe over to Randall. Bell. Where is Where is Reggie Bush's ADP? Uh, Reggie Bush's ADP Pan is... Hand down. The we want Bush. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to scroll down for that one. Nice one. <laughs> nice one. I like it. Uh, he's the 41st running back taken, 125. Okay, so this is why I think it's also a great point. Hyde is going to be the guy... You want to think about what Reggie Bush could be. Um, he could be an early... Uh, at his best. He could be like one of the first through, th- first through three seasons for Tiki Barber. When it was him and uh, the Thunder and Lightning. Yeah. You know, because 
it's better for him that Ron he doesn't Dane. have to take. You're right. Before it was uh, Brandon Jacobs. So yes. Go back to the early time when it was Ron Dane. That's what you might be able to see. He's going to end up with maybe 1,100 all-purpose yards that he could get. You know, but it's going to be through less touches. But he can be more effective because again, he's also something that they've never had at the running back position. A guy that has still breakaway speed. Yeah. So oh, absolutely. You're like Ron Dane's gay brother. Ron Gain. <laughs> I thought you were see. I thought you should have gone with someone named Ben, so that you could have gone Ben Gain. Oh, there you go. Good times. Yeah. All right. Uh, quickly, let's go through these last two guys on the Niners. We, let's not talk about Torrey Smith. I think we all need to see what what's going on with Kaepernick's arm, what they're doing in in the preseason games, which. Lo and behold, start this Sunday. Holy yeah. crap, sticks. I know. Uh, but let's quickly talk. You mentioned Vernon. He still could have some talent. There could be some opportunities there. Um, I got something to say about these guys. All right. So what happens now? I don't know how this works. I'm going to the doctor next week, and I thought you could come with me to the gynecologist. So you haven't seen him, though? No. So you don't know if you're pregnant? Well, I'm not 100% sure. You're not 100% sure? I bet you're not pregnant. I bet the Niners going to be good. All right, what do you got to say? <laughs> Quick, <laughs> I'm, I'm not 100. percent You know what? No, they're not going to be good. Vernon? No, Vernon. I think Vernon. I think will bounce back a bit. Um, he, I don't think he jumps back into the top five or ten. Um, I think he. Uh, He's going undrafted, right? Yeah. He, he ranges um, right around uh, 20 or something like that. I, I don't see him having a bounce back season to the point where he's. Uh, a stud again. Uh, yeah, he's listen. He's always he's going to be a threat out there because they lost some continuity. Torrey Smith is going to draw defenses downfield a little bit, so he'll he'll be there. He's actually right now he's the 16th uh, tight end being taken. Vernon. He's jumped up quite a bit. Uh, he's at 156 in the ADP, 16th tight end being taken um, ahead of uh, Charles Clay, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Heath Miller, whatever uh, Eifert. I just still worry about the you know I know that Frank Gore is gone and we're going to see how the whole transition is I just I just don't see them throwing the ball enough and he's not a guy that gets a ton of targets and he's he's so touchdown dependent yeah yep all right let's uh let's let's move on from the 49ers I think they'll be better than most people think but not a fantasy team that I'm really going to be visiting much at all if no. I'm watching the 49ers I must be having a lot of Valverde's. I gotta go meet gynecologists with Allison. She doesn't like her gynecologist. You think she likes you? She's trying to. Yeah. She's entertaining the idea. Exactly. I'll take that. Yeah, well, see, you're, she's bringing you to the gynecologist. She yeah. must like you. I'm pretty good, I think. <laughs> gynecologist? Gynecologist. Oh, good stuff. All right, Arizona Cardinals. Is Carson Palmer, is he undervalued? Is he streamable? It feels like people and experts out there are starting to chatter a bit more. I know Dogmatico, you're the first person on this show, uh, you know, I'd say a couple months ago, that was really, really high on the value you're going to be getting. There's a little more chatter, as usually happens during these off-season podcasts, not directly because of us, but in part indirectly from us and our, our knowledge, I believe. Um, I do know that the industry pays attention to what we're up to because we're ballsy and we really get the details and the, the morsels and really dig deep for fantasy football goo. Uh, tell me a little bit more about Palmer and your expectations, you know, if it's a full season. Before he went down last year, 
uh, he was putting up the 12th most amount of points per game. Um, and that was in just a, that was only in six games. They won all six of those games that he, he was playing in. Um, and one of them, he actually got injured in the middle of it. So that actually hurt uh, his points per game value. So, I mean, I would even put him up over 12 at, at that point. And you can't, listen, this is a Bruce Arians offense. They have the weapons there to succeed. They have the running backs who can make plays out of the backfield uh, in passes. They they have what it takes for Carson Palmer to be a top top flight uh, QB. Uh, listen, I, everybody's going to say, well, he's old and he's injury prone. No, he's not really injury prone. Last year was his first big injury in a while. Um, not since like uh, is, uh, way back in the uh, you know not nineties, but <laughs> in the playoff <laughs> game yeah. against Pittsburgh where he got the freak. Uh, the first injury of his yeah, career? So, yeah, exactly. So, like, so I mean, I, you shouldn't really be that worried about the injury factor. Yeah, I think he's being undervalued at this point. He's definitely going a lot later than he should be. Um, his ADP right now is he's twenty. He's the 22nd QB being taken off the board behind Mariota, behind Jay Cutler, behind Winston, besides behind Jameis. Uh, that's, that's ridiculous. I cannot believe that I'm looking at that. He's 153. Uh, in the ADP, that's I, just. I, I want to wow. make a, I want to make a point here for people who are in auction leagues. Can you do me a favor and read me the quarterbacks that are ranked ADP wise, seventeen through twenty five? Um, the, the actual QB seventeen through yes, 25? seventeen. Uh, yes, Kaepernick, Win, uh, Jameis Winston, Sam Bradford, Cutler, Mariota, uh, Palmer. How far do you want? Twenty five. Derek Carr, Alex Smith, Nick Foles. Okay. So, and Andy Dalton. Okay, so here's my point Real. to people who are in uh, auction leagues. I think it is in your best interest in an auction league this year that I think that you can wait and spend all your money on every other position and not have to do this. Is, this is going to be towards Staggs' uh, streaming of quarterback theory, but it's a different way that you can do it here. You'll be able to stream them anyway, but I'm saying don't pay more than a dollar for any of your quarterbacks. Maybe you're going to grab three depending on if it's a limited amount of moves that you have. But out of those guys that you said there, you said Bradford was in one of those? Bradford was one uh, of them. Uh, you said that Palmer was one of them. Palmer, and, and I like Derek Carr. Those are three guys right there that I like the Wait, upside. Wait, he likes Derek Carr? I've been a I like Look at what he did last year with no wide receivers. And everything that you're hearing now with what's happening with, with uh, Amari Cooper and, and Crabtree, I don't want to get into the Raiders, but the point is there's enough quarterbacks in that grouping that – You'll be so much better than the guy who spends $50 on Roethlisberger or whatever because, you know what, you're going to get two of the top running backs or you're going to get the extra, the extra player at a wide receiver or whatever. When everyone else is spending a minimum of $20 on their two quarterbacks combined, minimum, probably closer to 30 or 35 well, even more and you're that. walking away with two $1, $3, quarterbacks, think about all that extra cash in your, in your, uh, in your, in your coffers that you're going to have to spend on wide receivers and running backs. Big time. Well, one of the things uh, we'll find out – I like that approach for sure, but when it comes to a regular, more regular standard yeah. format, we'll find out a stag party streaming, uh, it, whether it's going to be streaming or steaming. We're going to find out how <laughs> that approach works. Uh, Bring right, back the, uh, the uh, Terrell Owens temperature. Poop a platter. All right, I'm going to do a quick pyro promo here. We do it all the time. I'm going to be honest. It's been a joke how few people are going and doing this. So what I'll just say to you guys is, Quit being such bungholes, because we're currently looking for a new audience to replace you. 
Um, <laughs> I kid, we love you, we love you, we love you. But go over to iTunes, give us a nice review. Come on, man, write us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Um, and then uh, we need it. We need to, we need to help our stature there and grow this this show. And by you doing that, it helps us get higher up within iTunes and their directory. Love us. You know, love bubbles. Oh God, they go ape shit over bubbles. Really going ape shit. I mean, that's an incredible thing about a child. I mean, what's so great about bubbles? They float. You can pop them. I mean, I get it. I get it. I wish I liked anything as much as my kids like bubbles. I like pyro. Come <laughs> on. Like us. Give us a review. I don't care if you write bubbles as many times as they just said in that little review. If you did, we'll still love it. But give us five star. Um, I'm gonna actually do. I'm gonna read a, a nice little uh, review here by one of our homies uh, on the show, and we really appreciate it. Basically, it's like hanging out with your buddies. Five star review. On iTunes, and this is by Jungle Jim Sands. Uh, the show is legit. The Pyro Podcast is unique in that they actually take the time to delve deep into assorted, assorted various topics. With D-Rex's hosting skills, pat, pat, uh, <laughs> dogs, NFL knowledge, and Houdini's off-the-wall ramblings, this show deserves delivers the fantasy goo. I've listened to this podcast for two years and haven't missed one yet. In fact, missing the pyro is not an option for dedicated fantasy owners. As the company grows, the content has begin, begun exploring both dynasty and daily leagues, which makes for a well-rounded show. And don't forget about the draft guide. It's a must. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks to you, buddy. Jungle Jim, you know, thanks for hanging with us. Uh. Hi. Hi. I'm Jody. Yeah. Hi. Um, I heard you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, aren't you scared? The way it's gonna come out of me. It's gonna hurt a lot if it your vagina. That's so oh. sick. <laughs> <laughs> the last little that's so sick. <laughs> I mean, I gotta be honest, when I think about having a baby, that thing right there, not in such a twerpy kind of way, is one of the first things that goes through my mind. Yeah. That thing is gonna get so stretched out. I, I <laughs> I just don't know. And you hear my buddies like watching the head come out, and like the thing looks like the cone heads when it comes out because the head. It's like, I'm honey, I love you. I'll be in the room, but not a chance. I'm gonna see the head come out and rip that thing wider. If you didn't have you, know, have you seen the movie Bad Words? It's been on cable. Yeah, like, I know. Jason oh, yeah. There's one where like there's a, a part where he's at like the restaurant with the the little little kid, and uh, this lady comes up. I think what you're doing is despicable. And then he just starts talking about her old stretched out wasted vagina and tells her to go back and sit with the kid. Cool. It's one of the best rips <laughs> I've ever seen. I can't wait to hear it. It's like a wizard's sleeve. If you couldn't tell, none of us have children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's let's move on to oh, um, back to Arizona. Uh, there's a couple things that we got to mention there. Uh, the the Michael Floyd injury. Yeah. Um, I've had it happen to me before. I guess he dislocated a few fingers. Three. Three of them. And the reason why he needed surgery is because they came out of his skin. Ah! That happened to me playing football with you right. once, D-Rex. And, uh, yeah, I needed to go get stitches and stitch it up. And I've, I've actually pulled the finger and put it back into place myself. And oh, just that's lived with so it. sick. But yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's a bummer, and but it'll only keep it won't keep him out that long. I was back playing um, the, the next day. 
No, not the next day. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was about a month later. But he'll be back. He'll be fine for the regular season, I believe. He should be there week one. I, I don't think that would be a problem. That was a playoff game, I remember, it that was. we had, that's, which sucked because we, we obviously need you. In that same league, I dislocated my index finger on my right hand, basically my mouse finger, and I'm giving the boys because this is a, a peace sign, and it is deformed. It is It's literally shaped like the mouse curve. It My, my, my peace sign looks like... Uh, a Zenith TV stand being moved around with, with some tinfoil on it. It looks terrible. Isn't that worse? The finger looks like it was like you're like a, a part of a tree that just grows around something. Like the mouse, you just grew around the mouse. And that's, that's true. That's the I'm on the thing up, but it's so stupid that this can be from. I, I both broken fingers. Well, they are much better than the dislocation. This right, is this form. is a broken finger. So this is the thumb where you can see that does not go all the way back. Where I have one that's straight. For all you listeners out there, we're holding our, our yeah. ailments up to everybody here. So good times. I'm good playing times. with bubbles. Bubble. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about. Some you know what? You know what has bubbles? Val. Marriage is like an unfunny, tense version of Everybody Loves Raymond. But it doesn't last 22 minutes. It lasts forever. <laughs> Ellington versus Johnson. Uh, what's happening on the workload? David Johnson, is he moving up? Is he getting an opportunity where we think that he's going to carry? It's really going to be a split of carries, or it's going to be more like last year uh, where Ellington gets more than he needs. I have no idea why Arians keeps saying it. He keeps saying he's going to give Ellington the, the workload. He's going to get the 20, you know, touches a game. What the f- what the hell are you talking about, dude? This guy cannot handle that at all. You've got to split the workload. You've got to put Ellington back in that old role. Um, I guess that's they're going to try it. They're going to they're going to try and run Ellington to, into the ground a little bit. Hopefully Johnson gets a little bit more of a chance as the season goes on. I don't believe Arians anymore. You remember everything that he says. It, maybe it's true, but it happens like twelve weeks later. True. Remember when he said, "Also, you know, I believe that Ellington can be an every down uh, back." So, which when his rookie year, should we expect to see him starting to get more touches when the guy was averaging like six, seven yards a, a carry at that point in time? No, he was still getting like five, five touches a game. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I think it's going to be one of those things that maybe he's going to say that. Maybe he gives Ellington the extra carries at the beginning. And then Ellington does what he did last year, and then Johnson's going to step in. And Ellington will be more productive if he's in the 13 to 16 touches per game with about five or six of those being receptions. Agreed. 100%. And that, that, I think that's eventually what shakes up. Well, check out again our Facebook page. I posted uh, last week some pictures of Dr. Jen uh, Welter. The female coach that's on the defensive end of the ball there for the Cardinals. And these are some great pictures. Uh, I've heard here she's doing some great stuff with the team and really inspiring them. High energy. And obviously we're all behind getting female coaches. Hell, I want one day to be there be such a badass athlete like a, a Ronda Ronsi or whatever her name Ronda is. Rousey. Rousey kind of woman. They literally... I'm, I'm too good. I'm playing football with these guys. Hopefully that could happen. I'm all for it. Integration. It doesn't need to be a man's league. But check out these pictures. I, I want to be a female football coach. Or I want to do one. One, one. one or the other. Hey, they can... Either either could teach you a lot, buddy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
going back to my fucking ball. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Um, quick question. No reason to dive into it too much in the same way when we were talking about are the Giants a good defense to play against? Is this defense still a bad matchup? I mean, no. They're, are, you they're, they're, about the, are you worried about the Cardinals? Are they a better? No, they're, they're still going to be a, a good defense. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We got a healthy Darnell Dockin back too. Yeah. So, of course. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, you're good. Move on. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, St. Louis Rams. We got Foles. Is he? Uh, is he going to be an ad- adequate solution at the position? You got to know when to Foles them. <laughs> Don't play them cards. Just throw your cards away. And hit the run <laughs> and hope they trade for RG three. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not sold at this right now. I think uh, the Foles would be extremely better served if Gurley was 100 percent healthy and obviously give him any semblance of a running game from the beginning. Um, I think that he doesn't have enough amazing talent around him that is going to help pick up his inadequacies because uh, he doesn't have the fastest release. He doesn't have the strongest throwing arm. Um, you know, he's trying to do it more on guile and smarts because he doesn't have like the, you know, the million dollar arm. So I'm, uh, I, he, it, when we were listing off all those quarterbacks in there for those dollar quarterbacks, I didn't, I didn't, would not be going after Foles as one of them. Well, not in St. Louis, especially with Fisher as the coach. Um, it, what, what he is, is that he's an upgrade on the backups that they had there for, for Bradford. Is what he is. Which he's, was the starter space. Yeah. For that. So, I mean, he'll be, he'll be better than what they had there, but, um, it's still not going to make a difference. He's not something I would want um, on my fantasy team. Here's the problem. So who's the backup there? Is it, is, is uh, it, right is now? Sean, is it Sean Mannion? Is, I, is that where he's at? No, I think... No, yeah. Mannion is there, but he's not going to play at all. No, it's no, awesome. I know. But he's a guy that, that they want to groom for the future. But Eventually, yes. The thing that I, that I see, though, is that... You know, you you don't want to draft Foles, but the fact that that what's behind Foles is, is Austin a, Davis and Case Keenum. Okay, <laughs> right. And one of those guys is going to get cut. So it'll Davis, be, I think, will get cut. Right. I think so, Case Keenum. And, and Keenum, it would, either way, it, it's not, not none of those guys are solutions. So this is where it's a trickle down effect. This is where the GOP economics works a hundred percent of the time. The trickle-down effect is that the wide receivers are not going to be putting up a lot of great numbers either because of the inadequacies of the receivers is hurting the quarterback. Well, the inadequacies of the quarterback and the fact that Foles might probably get hurt. I know we don't predict injuries. I think that it's just it's bad time for all those guys because what's going to happen is, yeah, one or two of those guys might have a couple weeks where they step up and have a great game. Are you going to pick that week? Are you going to find it? Are you going to hold a guy in your That's roster? That's why that thing worries me, even with your one quarterback call. That's the only reason why I'm not good at making the right call in that situation. So I look at the matchups. I check out the SOS. I've read all the, uh, the, the, the news and heard all the information on NFL. But then... I always play. If I've got three options at that quarterback quarterback play position, the wrong one. I you play the wrong the one, and then one of the other guys blows up, and I'm depressed all week, yeah. I jerk off too much, and it's just not a good time. Well, here's the thing. The, the reason why I gave you the three quarterbacks that I gave you. The three quarterbacks that I gave you in Sam Bradford. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like it grows around trees. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> Sam Bradford. Oh, true that. True that. Did it? Uh, Sam Bradford, Derek Carr, and um, and uh, and Carson Palmer. So there are three different quarterbacks, right? Sam Bradford is the guy that you're going to probably electively go to, no matter what, as your as your first option there, just because of what his upside is. If he goes down, okay, well you cut him and it only costs you a dollar. Uh, Carson Palmer is going to be your guy that you just want to get a, a plug and play with some steady t- ten to, to 15, 16, 18 points. Go ahead. 
Derek Carr is the wild card, but he's a young guy that has the potential to to continue to grow a lot more and have a better second half of the season and, and blossom for you. Here's my problem. Um, I, I, while I agree with the theory, yeah. you're not getting Bradford for a buck. You're Probably also not. you're also not getting Palmer for a buck. I, you'll get Carr, I think, for a buck. Ah, um, he seems to be getting hotter though. You he is getting a little hotter though. I'm telling you, those guys, you're not gonna be two, two, three bucks. Well, sure, maybe fine. not that, Brad for Brad. Okay. Go, Brad will go for more. But three you know what ten. I mean? Three I mean, for ten instead of three for three. Yeah, sure, right. But I mean, exactly. ideally, sure. that's the idea is to try yeah. to get the steals where you're just not running it all for the quarterback. You're looking and you, you, you add to those guys like three other guys, and just know that you don't want to pay more than five bucks for anybody. And then you're going to get your quarterbacks at you know at, at a value. And well, then, what you got to do in those auctions is you got to bring up those quarterbacks, the, the big the other ones, right? Bring them all up and let them all bid for them. And right. make sure that all the teams get their quarterbacks, and then you get those ones under the radar. And you sneak one. And what you do is you sneak one in when it's it's coming off of like some other big bid, and people are like, "Who cares about this guy?" And they're not caring. Exactly. That's when you in sneak sea, in your Derek Carr. In a uh, yeah. sea or river of piranhas, throw out the nice meat early. Let all the piranhas get stuffed. Filled up and then throw out the guys you want, and everyone's too hungry. You're like, God, I'm, I haven't eaten anything. I'm ready to take this, so make it happen. Piranhas never get unhungry. It's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I actually have seen lately some piranha stuff where they you, they throw some dead fish up, like on YouTube. Oh, piranhas uh, in like Thailand. They're and obviously down in South America, but the piranhas in Thailand are insane. I've never seen anything like it. Ugh. I just watched this one with this, this girl. It's called Lazy Fishing. She's got, she's got, she's got like, got like, a, like a, a string of like chicken meat or whatever. She's getting the water, pulling it out. There's like four piranhas on it. Goes over to a bucket, shakes them off, goes back into the water. And just has a bucket full of just flipping around crazy ass piranhas. That's hilarious. Lazy fishing. I like it. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's go. Gurley. What are your expectations? Is he gonna uh, be able to be starting week one based on what you're thinking? Is Mason? Wait, let's talk about the running back situation. And I don't really want to talk too much more about this team. We don't need to tell you. Yeah. Let's, let's end it with the, the, the running backs. We already <laughs> said the wide receivers aren't worth talking. Gurley is the guy that I love. Is he going to start week one? I don't know. I mean, we got to wait until you can even see him on the field to begin with. Once he gets on the field, I say this. You know you have to like him if he can stay healthy. And you gotta, that's what you got to figure it is. Because it's in Fisher's offense. Fisher's offense is going to be built around him. That's why they, they spent the number 10 pick on a hurt running back, who some people initially thought was going to fall deeper into the draft when we haven't had a running back selected in the first round in the last, what, three years. So that's an interesting situation. Where it works if while he's out, and I still like Trey Mason because, again, when you talk about like the Andre Ellington, the guy that can be the perfect complement, especially in an offense that doesn't have a talent at the quarterback, doesn't have a talent at the wide receiver, what, where do you have talent? you got talent at, in both those two guys to make plays. Mason can't block, but if you're able to probably deploy him and Gurley in the, out there at the same time and put him into more of a Shane Vereen, uh, that type of role, Darren Sproles, I think you can get a lot of effect from him. Well, Dogmatica made a great stat earlier. Last running back to carry for over 400 times in the season, Eddie George, Coach Fisher. Yeah, there that's a fact. However... I'm going to tell you right now, if Fisher wants to keep his job and he wants to stick around to see what Gurley can do, he's going to have to use Gurley with kid gloves this season. And that's why I think I, I was saying that more for Mason. I think there's enough opportunity for Mason to be good. I, um, I think and so, I, too. I love a Gurley, and I read this week that, that Fisher's saying, hey, 
Gurley's a long-term solution for exactly. us. He's a long-term play. We've all been saying that for a while. I've, I, I, I've felt that they just want to get him going, but I'm starting to realize that this team is built for um, for, for the future, and, and I don't think that Fisher feels like he's on the hot seat and needs to be pulling strings right now to, to get a you know a, a, an eight-win uh, season or anything. Right. It, it, the thing is that with Trey Mason, he's been falling. What's his ADP right now? Uh, well, well, Gurley's right now. He's high. It's yeah, Gurley's high. Gurley's the twenty-second running back being taken, fifty-two overall. Trey Mason is the thirty-fifth running back taken, ninety-eighth overall. See, uh, uh, Trey Mason at that point makes a lot more sense. We, we had this discussion in, in, for one of our uh, draft picks, uh, draft picks in the in the uh, in the, in the expert league, nice. where we're talking about Gurley and we're 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 laying out well all the what ifs. But it was just so many what ifs, and it was at, and that wasn't even in the third round where he's going now, right? It was like the fourth round or fifth round at that point in time, and we're like, and he got taken like two, he got taken like two picks after we after we passed on him. But it was one of those things that, yeah, I like the potential, but man, it's it's a lot of risk for that high in the draft. Dog did one of his. Really quick diatribes, quick sentencing. He's like, so all of a sudden we love a rookie running back on a team with a with a bad offensive line, with an awesome defense that doesn't have a quarterback, that doesn't have a wide receiver to open up uh, any any sort of field for them, and like all these things. We're like, all right, we're not taking Gurley. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it goes. And that also that echoed to one of the things that I've always said from the first time when I got on the podcast. What state is your football team in when your running back is the best player on your team? It was yeah. when we were talking about Chris Johnson and, yeah, and when it was on under Fisher in Tennessee. Yeah, that you're not a good team, but that's how he wants to build his team. But and, that, and that's fine. And Danny, I'm telling you right now, anybody listening out there, Gurley is not going to be worth your higher draft pick. He's he's being taken in the fourth round, the fifth round in that zone. He is not going to live up to your expectations in that round. You're not going to get the value there. If you can get him deep in the seventh or eighth or something like that, maybe worth a chance. But you got to build your team first. Don't depend on him at all this year. Period. I agree. And if he does in the second half, then maybe it's a game or two. But there's going to be so many op- dud weeks. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm going to say look, one look, last you thing. Know what? I'll say this though: if uh, watch, let somebody else draft him. When he's on the pup list or he's not playing for a while, and you're in a position because you're following our draft kit and you're going to have a good draft, you're going to start off successfully, make the trade for him so you have him in the second half of the season. That's not a bad call at all. The last thing I'm going to say on the Rams, and we'll move on from the Rams, if this team was run by, say, Tressman or Arians, and they had a... I even think that Foles might work with the situation. I think that their wide receiving core is actually pretty darn good. Uh, you got a Brit and a Quick and a Stedman Bailey. It's actually, a, and you got a couple tight ends who can actually play. Tavon Austin. Yeah, and Tavon Austin. It's not bad. You still got Chris Givens there. It's not a bad receiving core, and Jared Cook and um, Lance Kendricks isn't bad. Uh, it's just, they don't, it's the, it's Jeff Fisher run. It's running back heavy, and Foles isn't that great. You know what? Why don't you just ram it? Ram it, ram it. Well, I'm going to give a quick pyro promo. <laughs> Bubbles to you, brother. <laughs> quick pyro promo by the draft kit. We got version 4 is out right now. Version 5 will be coming out. Quickly, um, quickly it will be coming yeah, out. Yeah, it will be coming out sometime, hopefully within a, a handful of days after the 15th, um, which is coming up on us, of August. 
And uh, so pick that thing up, 20 bucks. You'll get the two versions that we put out. Um, if you buy it today, we'll, you'll get version 5 and you'll get version 6, which will come out uh, at the very beginning of September prior to uh, kickoffs happening. So what I want to do here is I want to give a shout out to the person that bought the draft kit most recently. Actually, it's someone that bought it 32 minutes ago. Thank you, my man. And this is Matt Newsham. I don't know, Matt, if you listen to the Pyro Podcast. If not, I hope one of your friends does and tells you you got it when we gave you a shout-out. But appreciate your patronage. (laughs) Appreciate you putting the money down. And the fact is, you are better today than you were an hour ago as a result of it. He's not cheating on her. How do you know? I just know. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure he's not cheating. Are you really? No. It actually kind of makes sense that he would cheat. Why? Because Debbie's a pain in the ass and Pete's awesome. <laughs> You're awesome, dude. You're awesome, too. Um, quick thing. Uh, uh, Matt Newsham, he lives in Rhode Island. I wonder if he's one of the Rhode Island guys that's in oh. uh, Sertel and, uh, and Solid He's tired Mines. of being a whipping boy he's, and he wants to get on, uh, on the track here. It might be, but I will say this. We're huge in the smallest state. In of our 50 states in the United States. We're really big in Rhode Island. Keep it up, Rhode Island. Spread the word. At some point, we want a, a definable percentage of your population that plays fantasy football buying our draft kit. I think I know what that population is, though. These are all the sex offenders in our neighborhood. Looks like your computer has chicken pox. Those are sex offenders. These people live in our neighborhood. Well, I'll skip their houses when we're trick-or-treating. What do you want me to do? Form a posse? Got your six-shooter on you? I got my lynching rope. You shouldn't take it so lightly. I don't take it lightly. You know, I'm not going to go over to any of these people's houses and say, Hey, you mind? can you babysit? Some of Sertel and uh, Solid Nine, the Wolfman, some of their buddies and the league mates are like chicken pox. <laughs> on my you. computer with FBI warnings. We love you guys. Amen. Thanks for buying that draft kit. We're going to keep uh, giving shout outs over the course of the next few podcasts for that. If you're not listening to the Pyro Podcast Light, you should be. Uh, we're putting that out every week. It's a, it's a revolving door of people, but it's basically Pyromaniac Mo and Stag Party. It's an hour long. Gritty, awesome. It's a lot less freeform and conversational like we do here. It's a bit more uh, structured, but great nonetheless. Um, and you should check it out. And so, dropping tons of knowledge. Dropping tons of knowledge. Pyromaniac Mo did a fantasy football talk that we posted three days ago. That was with Pat Thorman from uh, ProFootballFocus.com. Uh, obviously, a great site there. And Mo's doing a great job of bridging the industry and all the experts and great minds and fun people uh, in the industry and bringing them closer within the pyro mix and so that you, our fans, can get uh, introduced to new minds within this fantasy space. The three of us here, we just like to bash on the rest of the experts. So Mo is our Geneva. Let's go on to the NFC South. Atlanta Falcons. Is Matt Ryan a top five uh, quarterback this year? I don't know what I say top five, but he is that guy in that second to, well, if you, if you call Rodgers and Luck tier one, that he's the guy in that third tier that I really, I, I, is, is growing on me a lot more. It's intriguing. I, I mean, he's, the, weapon, the weapons are there. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you have your Julio Jones, who has 
actually expanded his game recently. They're moving him all over the, the, the you know the formation now. They're moving him all over the field, whereas he was only on the left side for the initial couple you know first few years of his career here. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Roddy White may be falling off a little bit, but I still think he's going to be uh, valued there. I mean, he's uh, he's a veteran who knows what he's doing out there. He may have lost a, a bit of a step or whatever, but he's he's still going to catch everything that comes his way, and he's going to teach the younger guys uh, a thing or two. Justin Hardy's a rookie who's going to maybe get some playing time. Leonard Hankerson um, is really playing well right now, and it's tough to it's weird to think about. But he was stuck in kind of. Purgatory well, himself. St. Louis, I yeah. mean, yeah. And no, in uh, Washington. Washington, oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, it's, I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm confusing him with Lance Kendricks. Yes, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but he's got, I mean, he's 6'2". Uh, he's, uh, runs about, he's about 215, 220, and he's got wheels. He runs about mm-hmm. a 4'4". Um, the kid can, can really play him from what everything I'm hearing. He's shining like crazy. So, I mean, uh, when it comes to the tight end situation, yeah, but both the running backs they have there can catch passes on the backfield. Uh, Devin uh, Coleman and, and uh, Devonta Freeman were both injured. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but Ryan has all the tools around him to be able to have a top five season, and when he does have those big games, they are big. And he does have the benefit of a good strength of schedule because he's got a weak division yep. that they're in. You know, the, the NFC South, uh, if you go back, what, five years or four or five years was like the tough division, uh, toughest division in the NFC. Now yeah. it's just become the cream puff division over the last couple of years. So, That's very true. Um, this is a good opportunity where I think that, again, and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot like they did last year, and I think that Ryan is going to have better success than he did last yeah, year. Yeah, when it comes to like top five option, you were saying, though, five, maybe a touch, he'll definitely be top seven or eight for sure. Top five, he's going to be close. It's going to be a close one. He does have potential for it. He does have potential for it, sure. The running back situation that we were talking about there. Quagmire. Yeah, right now, um, (laughs) both Devonta Freeman and uh, Devin Coleman, they're both injured. They both have hamstring problems, uh, which means that Antone Smith is running with the ones right now, and he's coming off a major injury for last year. Um, What happens there? I, I I, I couldn't tell you. I, I wouldn't. I would be staying away. You, you have to because this, these, these are the worst situation for me. I hate of any situation. We already know. I always talk about it. hamstrings. I hate the hamstrings early in the season because then the problem is the guys are rushing to get back, and especially when you're talking about Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman, you got a first year guy and a second year guy fighting. So you got two guys that are each fighting each other to try to make get get the, the majority of the carries. The first person that gets back is going to get the carries. So. What does that mean? That means that they're all probably rushing themselves, and then they're going to restrain the injury, and I stay away. Big time. Nice. Julio. Yeah, we he, talked about Julio. He's been, yeah. he's been moved all over the, uh, the formation at this point. Um, they're loving what they're seeing there. It's, 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 it's going to be perfect It's going to be. This is where it becomes now where I've, I've been the, what you call me, the des what? Uh, Desbian. The, the Desbian. Desbian. I may become a Julioian. Or Huloian? Uh, you you might be Jonesing. For I might some, be Jonesing for no. some Hulian. Okay, Jonesing for some Julia. Yeah, some Hoochie. Some. Uh, it Hoochie. might be it might be me and Julio down, down by, by the schoolyard. School yeah. I hope it is with me, man. Because I so look at it the fact of Roddy White's, degre- you know, just degrading over. That's not the right word. Regression over the end of it yeah. as, as, as his age, and as his skills start to slowly, you know, just deteriorate, evaporate, whatever you want to say. You get older. Um, been there, done that. Jones now should be able to make that more extreme step where it's like 
he should be getting about an extra five targets more than Roddy per game. Yeah. Oh, and he will. He will. Well, our pyro character for Roddy White is Roddy Roddy Piper. Rest in peace. And we need to give a shout out to Roddy Roddy Piper. Uh, Rest in peace, big buddy. Not only were you a big part of my childhood throughout late 70s and 80s, um, and I wasn't even really that big into wrestling, but you were a fixture in there. When I think of uh, wrestling, I mean, I think you are... Right there amongst the top and the the kind of person that I was actually intrigued by. Uh, We've talked about They Live a number of times on this uh, show and how much... I mean, that movie was ridiculously Mm -hmm. good. If you haven't seen it, rent it, Netflix it. I don't care what you gotta do. They Live is absolutely off the charts and he was great in it. So, Roddy White, uh, amen to you. Hope, uh, Hope you're up in heaven Drinking beers and body slamming with guys like Andre, uh, Andre the Giants and, and the others that have fallen. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Roddy killing all the baddies. That's that's Roddy. (laughs) Roddy, amen. All right, back to the Falcons. Um, Hankerson, he's shining. Like I said, I'm loving him for that third wide receiver role. I don't think they want to stick the rookie in there um, just yet. I do like Justin Hardy in, in his future, but. Um, Hankerson is a, a bit of a vet, and he's got uh, he's got the skills to be able to, to, to run as that third wide receiver, running on the slot or wherever. And he's been awesome, just awesome in camp. He's the one that they say is uh, you know, your eyes can't stay off of him. He's just been playing that well. So uh, I, I do like what he's doing there. Um, he's a funny guy to watch. Some of those big plays he's made over the course of the last few years there in, in Washington. He's like super lanky. He's kind of like these long, like he's like a he's like a noodle out there. Isn't he yeah. kind of like what you would almost call like a tweener? Like he's like you know what position really is he? So he's kind of like you know yeah. is he a tight end almost or is he a wide receiver? Yeah, he like, was he was a bit bulkier. Yeah, I mean he's like I said six two 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 fifteen two twenty, um, and he looked even bigger. He uh, looks bigger than he is. Yes, because because he's got the, the the weight of a running back who's five ten. Yeah, but in his body he looks like he looks like a swimmer. When he's out there, it's like Michael Phelps is out there at wide receiver. He's got these long arms, little grab yeah. arms. But it's just this weird kind of gangly, big-shouldered, long arm. He runs like he's doing the brush. Yeah, he runs a little weird, too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, when it comes to the tight end uh, position on Atlanta, I think that uh, Jacob Tammy. I think it, I think that's got on. It's too bad because I, I really do like um, Moyaki. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that... I think they want a vet team out there. I think that they feel like they have something there at this point. Um, and Tammy, I think, does more than Moyaki within that offense. I do like Moyaki quite a bit. I think he's a better pass catcher and playmaker than Tammy can be or will ever ever be. But Tammy's a more well-rounded guy that I think they, they kind of look to in that situation. I, I, I like Moyaki better only because it's about upside, right? I think that, yeah, I'll agree. Tammy, I think, is going to be the guy that's going to get the start from the beginning of the season. I just don't think that he's going to be able to do anything dynamic, and it depends. 
if they're able to get wins because they're in a weak division, if they're able to make some sort of turnaround, I don't really think that's going to happen for this team. I think that they're going to be outside of the playoffs again. It might be, I think, about maybe they improve maybe to seven wins this year, but I just don't see them having all the pieces in place, especially on defense, in order to compete. So when I look at that tight end position, I'm wondering, do they feel like they have enough offenses? I feel like if they're getting to the point where they're out of games up and they want to get more of a splash, Problem with Moyaki is the guy never stays healthy. That's but if he's if he is healthy, he can give you the bigger splash plays. But um, to trust him in either of these guys in fantasy, no. Two guys on the team that I'll be drafting: Matt Ryan Julio and Jones. Julio Johnson. Yeah. Period. Stay Next away from the rest. New Orleans Saints. Feel pretty bad about my choice of Atlanta now for the uh, my fifty dollar bet as the third team. When I uh, who did I back off of? Because he took the Packers and. Uh, you took the Colts? Did you take the Colts? I took the Colts. And then I have, I was stuck with, I didn't know what else to do. If you're stuck with Atlanta, you're stuck with the I'm boss. stuck. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking, a, taking, a, uh, taking it in the ass on that one. There, there you next. go. New Orleans Saints, which breeze are we, are we getting? Um, is, this, uh, is this a Saints team we're used to? Is this a Saints team that's totally changing their game? Where does this offense, from a fantasy standpoint, lead us? I, I, I'm, I think this is a... Regression for Drew Brees in the sense that I, I look at all the moves that this team has made um, <clears throat> after they saw what Mark Ingram gave them in the second half of last year when they decided to move Jimmy Graham. That was basically them saying, you know what? And I think part of that was when you're talking about toward the end of, of, of the career for, uh, for, for Drew Brees and they're looking at how are we going to get longevity on this because Jimmy Graham doesn't block. So they added Max Unger. They got him, which is going to be a huge addition to their offensive line. You're going to focus and go hard with uh, the approach of our hammer is Ingram. And then we got the the, uh, the lightning rod in C.J. Spiller, who's going to be the other main cog in that offense. I think that he'll add a lot into Breeze's passing game. But I think that Breeze is going to be a guy who's probably going to drop down from the you know where he's been around close to the 5,000 yards, whatever. He might even drop to about 43, 4,400 yards this year. I still could see him. He's not going to be throwing the 40-some-odd touchdowns either. I really kind of see him being tapping out at about 32, 33, maybe around there. And it'll be a, a better year. I think he'll throw less interceptions. Um, you know, I think he'll be – the team will be better because it's going Where's to be – Where's his yardage at? Knowing that he's basically done 5,000 for the last five years. Well, that's what I'm saying about 43. 44. I said 44, yeah. Well, last year he had uh, 49.52. Right. He was right at the 5,000 mark, but he only had 33 touchdowns. So that's I, I see that kind of happening again. Um, I don't think that they can make the full-out switch just like that. Because I I don't... Listen, I, I know that Ingram, when he's in there, will get the ball and he'll do well with it. I don't trust it yet. He cannot and has not stayed healthy. And I don't not trust, that, and I don't trust, trust Sean Payton to, to not to not to not uh, to not throw the ball. Throw the ball. Yeah, and I don't trust Spiller. Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean and their best weapon's gone. Right. So yeah, and the other best weapon is coming off of injury. And as a course. second year player. Yeah, and the other guy that they're depending on is uh, Marquise Colston, who uh, really they're, they're deep threat that was made some of the greatest plays for this franchise over the last two years, and Kenny Stills gone. Yeah, Nick. So now you got Nick Toon, and your and your tight end is either Josh Hill or Ben Watson. Who is 247 years old? <laughs> and we've been, we've been talking about Tune. I hope he pans. I do we've been too. talking about Tune for three years now because we all love Al Tune, and a few of us are old enough to have him on their fantasy football team from uh-huh. the late 80s. 
Guy was the greatest. Guy was the greatest. Love that gangly dude. Uh, but at the end of the day, sounds like a lot of stuff moving around there. And this is a sport. Cohesion, as we talked about earlier. The th- here's, the, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not taking Drew Brees on my team. I think there's too, there's too much going on there at, at this point to, 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 tr- to trust it anymore. I, and, and listen, the guy is uh, Hall of Fame bound. And he's put up some of the best fantasy seasons you'll ever see. But at this point, he's the fifth QB being taken. And he's being taken at the ADP at 42. Which isn't bad. I mean, that's actually not terrible for him, especially when you think about it being him. But the fact of the matter is is that it's just... I'd rather wait and, and get somebody like Ryan later or Roethlisberger later or... Uh, even Cam Newton or Eli Manning or something. I'd rather get those guys later than to be reaching up and grabbing Breeze when I could have another stud running back or wide receiver. Let me pose this question to you because at least in version four of the draft kit, you and D-Rex both had Breeze as your number seven quarterback. There you go. And I'm sitting with Drew Breeze as my number ten. So even behind Tom Brady with the uh, the suspension. Okay. (laughs) So... um, I, I, I just don't believe in Breeze. And I, I think, what, what is his ADP? Because he's got yeah, to be... His ADP some... is 42. It's a fifth fifth QB taken. He's 42. Man, but fourth round. So it's like, that's why I just, I look at it and I say, you know what? In that in that range, that fourth round, you are still getting so many viable players at either wide receiver or running back that I, I just, I can't, I couldn't pull myself to, to go and pull the trigger on Drew Breeze. He's a guy that I've loved in the past. You know, I've, I've made all the cases in, in the years past, but... I just believe that uh, the ship has sailed on this one. There's guys that... Uh, Let someone else pay up for it. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. There's other guys there that will make your team better and give you a better chance of winning if you wait to get a, a, a quarterback later than taking Drew Brees where he's being taken in the ADP. It's a guessing game with Ingram and Spiller. A lot of opportunity there, but heaven knows what will go down. Is there any room for Kerry? Uh, I think so, and sure. I, know, I know there is because, like I said, uh, Ingram just he gets injured. Um, they have to keep Curie on the squad because of the liability that Ingram is. I also think that Ingram is going to be the guy who you're not going to see in the PPR mode at all because he's not going to get hardly any catches because they're going to try to use C.J. Spiller as the Darren Sproles. So I think Curie gets a chance because I think he'll be the main guy that's going to spell uh, Mark Ingram. So, you know, you don't want... if, if Spiller can prove to be effective in the in the Sproles role. That's where you want him because of his game-breaking ability and everything else. You just don't want him to be thinking about having to be a running back and really deal with that. Let him just be like an outlet type guy, catch the ball, open space, go. And you're gonna see you're gonna see Spiller like you even did when he was in Buffalo, lined out like a wide receiver a lot. They're gonna be doing motions with him, getting him out of the backfield, like spreading spreading the field. Yeah, they're they're gonna be doing that yeah. a ton with him. For sure. Um, obviously, we know Brandon Cooks looking good. Always, hopefully, he can stay healthy. It seems like he's the number one option on that team. Who else is there? Give us a quick review. I mean, is there another? That's the problem right now. So. The, the, what they're what you're really counting on right now, and where's Cook's ADP? Because he's the guy that becomes interesting because they obviously are expecting him to really elevate his game to another level, so that that um, it's going to relieve the pressure. That's also why I worry with Drew Brees. That's why I'm, I'm predicting those those 500 yards coming off the top. Uh, he's uh, the 15th wide receiver taken and 40 
is his ADP. It's pretty high. So he's getting the respect. He's getting the respect. 15th receiver for a guy that had, didn't even play a full season. That, but you got to this is the thing, too. He's got another year in the system, so he knows it. So I, I think you could feel good about all the upside that he has. He was a guy that, well, it was at Oregon State where he caught, what, 100 and whatever yeah, ridiculous amount of catches that he had there. Top three ever, top three ever season at the NCAA level. NCAA level. And I think the best news for him is that you got rid of Kenny Stills. So what they're telling you is that why you got rid of one of those guys because now you're ready to expand the role of Brandon Cooks and let him start doing those things, which is what he did in college too. Absolutely. You know what I did in college a lot, like a really lot, like a really really lot. Valverde's. Are your boobs tender? Do you have veins? No. Do I? You have veins. I do. Does chicken make you sick? Are you gassy? So you're really gassy? <laughs> That's for the women. Those are tender right now. And your beer is cold. And so my beer is cold. The, the question is who else is there? Yeah. Um, it, it, it is still going to be Colston. He's familiar with the offense, he's been dependent on for a while by, by Breeze. He's not just going to disappear just because he's getting older and a little slower. Um, but Nick Toon, I think, is still the guy to watch out for. I think that that guy has potential written all over all over him. I've been waiting for him to get his chance for a while now. And it looks like he still has that third wide receiver job. Is it is it locked down? No. Uh, at this point, I'm actually telling you that it's not. There's other wide receivers that are um, actually playing pretty well right now. From, from what I've heard, uh, Brandon Coleman's playing pretty well. Josh Morgan has done some good things over there. Joe Morgan is actually still on the team. Um, but right now, like, like I was saying, Marquise Colson is still going to be lining up with the starters. Nick Toon's going to get his chance as the third wide receiver, and that's what they have going on right now. When it comes to the tight end position, I think that's where it gets a little bit more interesting because they aren't going to be able to use the tight end position the way that they have in the past. That's why I believe that it's going to a more run-oriented exactly. offense. Because that's now... The onus, remember, Jimmy Graham was basically out there for, for most of the time. And anyone that owned Jimmy Graham last year, me being one of them, me being one of them. Um, noticed that he was not on the field a lot in, in certain situations and games. And you're inside the red zone, you're going, why is he not on the field? Problem is, Jimmy don't block. And this is where the, the shift in what they're trying to do is, you know, Josh Hill was out there because he can block. So, but when we were talking early, pie in the sky, Josh Hill now is going to ascend. He's now Jimmy Graham because Jimmy Graham's gone. No, they're changing the offense. They, he, he'll still be a guy that's going to get sneaky touchdowns just because he can do the blocking and release. Well, and that's how he scored. When he scored those multiple touchdown games, was it one of them against? Uh, was one of them against our Bears or? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which everyone does. Uh, every tight end does against the Bears. Very. Like remember back to uh, Jermichael Finley. Oh, we scored uh, uh, eight touchdowns today. Yeah, five of them were against the Bears. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> three in one game. It was ridiculous. Last thing on the tight ends, and then we can move on to the next team here. The, Josh Hill. Yes, he could block. He's actually really athletic. He can actually play that position, but he's not as good of a blocker as Ben Watson. Ben Watson is going to be a steady component in that offense, and it's going to. He's going to be in there because they are going to run that ball. They are changing things. Josh Hill isn't going to be the end-all, be-all. He's, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player, and he, he actually showed last year that he can uh, play that position as a receiver-type guy. But Ben Watson's still going to get the majority out there because he could block the hell out of the, uh, the place. Orson Charles is actually a guy to watch, too. He was I, I loved it when he was uh, drafted and taken by Denver. Now that he's over there uh, in, in New Orleans, it's an interesting spot for him, but uh, he also got suspended for a game. Yeah. For, uh, 
I don't know, personal conduct policy or something. Let me, let me make another point about Watson, too. You don't stay in the league as long as he has. Now, 34 years old. Yeah. Um, you know who he reminds me of? Uh, a guy who played in Chicago, who was able to elongate his career because he can block. Desmond Clark. Clark, yeah, absolutely. You know, it shows flashes of, 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 of great stuff, but he's just never going to be a guy that you're going to highlight and, and run set plays for. No. He just happens to be that option that gets open when everybody else falls apart and he makes the play, though. I mean, sneaky with his touchdowns, too, over his career. You know, I mean, it's the, the threes and twos, that's what he gets. But it's like, he's not even supposed to be playing. Why is he scoring three touchdowns? Exactly. Yeah, it happens. Tampa. Well, yeah, let's go to Tampa. Let's talk about um, you know Mr. Winston and uh, expectations for him. Rookie, starting, no question about it. I feel like he's the type of guy that can get 16 games this year. Tell me about him. I'm the jock sniff around Winston, so I'll give you my, my, my take first. So when I look at, at what he's got going on, it's that they are giving him the role. He's already been named a starter. It's bona fide. Now it's going to be a matter of, they're willing to work with him. And I think it's like, you know, I, I know there's going to be ups and downs, but I think the kid has enough talent. And with a guy like Mike Evans, who is just that dominant, with a guy like Vincent Jackson, who's bound to bounce back from the, the, the season that he had last year, and still without a super semblance of a running game, I think that's the, the part that might hurt him the most because you're not going to be able to give him the solid protection of a running game. Um, but... You're going to have to live with the turnovers with him. Live with the turnovers, but you're going to get some glory in return as well. I think um, I think there's going to be a lot more flops than there are uh, uh, lovable games for him. And he's going to have a lot of trouble, I think. he's He is an off-the-cuff type of guy who will just throw it wherever he sees somebody. And he doesn't seem to care. Um, I, do, I don't know... Listen, he's going to have a couple of really nice games. And he does have that starting job, and that's it's, they're just going to roll with him. But if, if you're expecting him to be a fantasy asset on your team, I think you got another thing coming. He's not, he's, not, listen, right he's not an Andrew Luck or an RG3 when they were first coming into the league. Yeah. He, doesn't have, he doesn't have the amazing passing ability of Andrew Luck. He doesn't have the legs that RG3 had when he came in, which was a difference maker. But what I'm saying is this. And I, I really want to reserve judgment. I want to see... How he actually starts performing in in, uh, in preseason games, and see where the maturation of his game is because he's always been a guy that's been uh, his trouble. The part where he falls is that he'll make bad decisions at times and really force balls in that they Lock, that he shouldn't, shouldn't do. Now, one of the benefits that he might have is that he's going to have a guy in Valverde. I buy these nice towels, and he whacks off into them. Seven feet. And forever. And once he does that into them once, they're never soft ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta use the jerkins if you want to make them soft. Oh, uh, So, but I, I, he forces the ball in there, but if he does that a lot with Mike Evans, this is a guy who could possibly compensate for the bad throws by adjusting on the fly. Yeah, 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 yes and no. I, I, I guess um, you better believe in Mike Evans because we we drive. I do believe. Him. I do believe in Mike <laughs> Evans. Don't get me wrong. I, I believe in Mike Evans. Um, it's just. It, I mean, Mike Evans had a, a great season last year, yet his quarterback had a shit season. Yeah, and I think that that's possible again. Right. I don't, I'm not sitting here telling you, and I I should I should look and see because I think I had Winston pretty high in my tiers. Right now, I got Winston sitting at number 19 right now. So. You know, he's one of those guys that uh, that 
I'm saying is low end quarterback too. Um, but I like his potential because of his receivers, because the fact that they're going to be throwing the ball. They also have the easiest strength easiest schedule. schedule. That's they a big factor. They are playing him and the wide receivers. Right. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to go against broke down defenses. It's not like he's going up against the Jets and against Daryl Revis and Antonio Cromartie. Well, I think that's a perfect example. The running game actually has a very easy schedule, too. The, the whole offense, I think, has the best strength of schedule of any offense in NFL and fantasy football this year. What happens with the run, running game? They're number one at uh, quarterback, number three at running back, number one at wide receiver, and tight end is 18. not as pretty. Uh, right there, I see it. Tied 18. Is it 18? I'm just guessing. I, can I see think it. I remember it being uh, right it's, uh, Hang on, hang on, Tampa. Where did you go, Tampa? Tied. You talk, I'll find it. There it is, 23 tied. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty so tougher, tougher on the tight end. So don't, don't get so much love for Austin Safarian Jenkins here, people. Oh, muscle Hamster. I've got to already forgotten this guy's nickname. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's gone He's got so a great f- character for him and everything and illustration for him. But Muscle Hamster or Sims, let's just talk briefly. It's probably a lot more that we need to see in camps, but what are your thoughts? I'm still on the Doug Martin bandwagon here. Uh, Sims just didn't show anything last year. and I, From what I've heard so far in camp, he's still not really showing all that much. So, uh, Martin is a guy that, that really has, a, they both have a ton to prove, but Martin is really playing for his, his existence in the NFL at this point in time. And this is his last bastion of a chance to be a lead running back and to show that you can actually do something and then he can hopefully use that to propel himself to a contract. Now, will that be something that he remains in Tampa Bay? I don't know about that, but he's going to get an opportunity here. And he shouldn't have trouble beating out Sims. It's... <laughs> The strength of schedule is the best thing he's got going for him because he's one of those type of guys that he just needs to get on a roll. We know that he can break the big play if he gets it. But the problem is, is that he just seemed like he forgot how to play football in the last year and a half. You know what? He's going to beat out Sims, plain and simple. And I, I think that if he stays healthy, which, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a, that's a good question, is if he can and will stay healthy. But if he stays healthy, I think you're going to get a great return on investment. I, I, that's just the way Doug Martin is going to be this year. That strength of schedule is too good. They've got uh, he's the 36th running back being taken right now. He's 100 in the ADP. Um, he's still behind like Darren McFadden yeah. at this point, and people still have more faith in Darren McFadden than Doug Martin. That, that, that's wrong. Sounds like a uh, return on investment guy that's going to be in the green. You know yeah. what it is? It's one of those things too. This is where you make hay in fantasy. Is that? A guy, you have all the different ebbs and flows, right? So a guy has a breakout season. He goes from being a guy that was either undrafted or drafted in the 13th, 14th, 15th round to being a guy who's now a first or second round draft pick. Oh, but then he busts out. So he's complete crap. And so then the next year he gets drafted in the 8th, ninth round. Oh, he has another bad year. So now he's completely, this is him right here. Mm-hmm. He's off the radar now. Nobody's even expecting it. So what? He's the starter. I don't care. You know, I'm looking for another option somewhere else. Well, that's going to be the guy who's going to be sitting there in the 12th round of their draft this year who's going to pick him up, and then all of a sudden you're going to get... He showed you. He can, he can have, because he can be a, an effective threat receiving the ball as well as running the ball when he gets space, and now he actually... Think about this, too. 
Did he have any other weapons around him in the offense to protect him once he became anointed as that superstar number one Not running back? really. And then, no. and then the offensive line went to crab with Correct. all the injuries, too. And what did they do this year? They drafted Winston, but they also spent their next couple picks on offensive oh, linemen. Absolutely. New system last year. He bulked up to carry the load after that breakout season. Now he's taking the weight off. Mm-hmm. I think all of us are saying... Martin, yeah. Martin, hey Gina, Gina, how you doing, Martin? How insane would it be if he went back to his rookie year and basically put up like fifteen hundred rushing yards and like twelve TDs? Well, and you know what? I, would, I mean, it's under, possible under Lovey Smith. You know that that's what he always wants to be the team rookie that comes QB, off the bus running. Rookie so. QB, easy strength of schedule. Hey. I, yeah, I love it. There's a sleeper it. written all over it, bro. Sleeper. I, 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 I want him on my team. Uh, Evans. Uh, let's let's talk quickly about the expectations of Evans. Obviously, we're super high on him. We took him with the last pick and a uh, 24th pick in the second round. Uh, what are your expectations of him? Let's talk about Vincent Jackson quickly here as well. And then, um, in all honesty, I say we move on. I think that's, that's, that's fair. fine. I, you know... I, Evans, I, I think it's about the same. I mean, I, I, don't, I think that because they got a rookie QB, I don't think he improves all that much. I don't know because he didn't have a – his quarterbacks were, were just as bad as a rookie quarterback last year with the numbers that they put up. Yeah, Look, he, he had a deal with Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon has, has not done anything. We already know that Winston's a better quarterback than Glennon. And and I'll bet you he's better than McCown, too. I bet you he's better than McCown, too. Yeah, I, I guess so. Sure, I, I guess so. It's just, I mean, I don't know. It's still, it's a rookie. They're going to, they're going to run the ball. You know, they're going to try and keep ball control because they have that. Let me ask you this, though, because this is, I think, where I think my answer is sealed for me, which is why I'm so high on Mike Evans. What's one of the one key uh, uh, characteristics of a rookie quarterback? Lock in on a receiver. Lock in on a receiver. That's and true. And who's he going to lock in on? The guy who's going to be, be his future for the next 10 years. Exactly. It'll be Evans. You're right. You're right. Uh, that's that's very true. But they also tend to throw to tight ends a little bit more. And coaches will tend to run the ball a lot more. They want ball control when it comes to uh, uh, rookie QBs. So, I, I mean, last year they but were able what, to... But you know what? Here's what's what's great for him for with Mike Evans. Is that Mike Evans is not one of these pussy-ass wide receivers who only wants to run down the sideline. He'll true. run across the middle of the field. That's true. And so that's where Winston's going to have his best opportunity to throw the most accurate ball. Because what's one of the harder balls for a quarterback coming into the league to throw? Oh, it's so a 20-yard out. out. Yeah. The 20-yard out. Are you, you know, so, but it's a lot easier to throw a 15-yard inside slant or a 12, 13-yard inside slant. And you're going to let Evans do that, and you're going to let him catch and make the run with the ball. The thing is, I really hope that they don't stunt... Jameis, uh, I hope they don't stunt like his um, chutzpah. You know, he he's, he has problems throwing that ball into coverage, and he's going to turn that ball over a lot. And I hope they don't stunt him by yelling at him and saying, "You can't do that anymore." They've, Stop already, doing they've that. already not. They already said we're going to live with the turnovers. We want they want him yeah, to be a leader. They want, him, they want him. They're to not be, losing games because of it yet. They're also not, they they also losing know they're not a Super Bowl team. True. So they're looking to grow. It's Lovey's not like Lovey player. knows how to yell anyway. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Lovey will talk to him. Lovey will talk to him. Yeah. But it's, I think they are on like a, they're like, they're back in the John McKay years. Not the five year plan, but it's like, it's a two to three year plan. So Evans and Winston are the building pieces. Let's see it grow. We know we're going to struggle against so We'll get another high draft pick again next year. And now we can 
go into where next year I think that they have a legitimate chance to win this division if Winston proved to be what I think he can. Last be. thing on Tampa, Austin Safarian Jenkins is a great athlete and he will improve this year, but he's not somebody you're going to be wanting to start on your fantasy team maybe a couple years from now. Carolina Panthers is, um, you know, we know a couple people on the pyro staff here are into him. Is he going to be top five again? <laughs> I love Newton's uh, potential here. Um, I, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, they, again, have one of the easier strength to schedule, so that's going to help. Um, I love that uh, they are setting themselves up with just Jonathan Stewart. I, don't, I, I hated the fact that they were just back and forth. They never knew what was going on in the backfield there. I love that they're just going to set things up right there. I like that they drafted Funches. I don't think he's that great, but it's better than what they had. I like Funches. I I've seen him. Really, play. I know. He's not that good. I like him, but we, we, we've talked about this in past yeah, we have. We've talk, yeah, yeah. He's it's he's better than what they had. That's for sure. Um, so I and I mean Philly Brown's making some steps forward. Uh, they still have Olsen, of course, and Calvin Benjamin's a year older. I think this definitely sets up for a good season for Newton. He'll be healthy going into it instead of hurt going into it. And last year, uh, during those last five weeks uh, plus. He was outstanding, outstanding, and uh, that, I see that happening again. I think the biggest thing that everyone seems to have forgotten when they when they are evaluating Cam Newton is that he played last year with injured ribs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a tough injury for a quarterback oh, to have. Absolutely, especially, <laughs> especially a running, running quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> so, you, you you take that off of him, you give him a Devin Funches, who the thing that that he needs. They need the guy to take the, the to pop the top off of this uh, a defense. They need a Tory Smith. They need a, a burner. Agreed. They don't have one. And Philly Brown is to me, he's not that guy. Um, so that's the one area where you're going to fall short with Cam. So the, the other thing too is that where well they do have Ted Ginn back. Yeah, but no, Ted Ginn is a guy that he, he can he can beat guys down the field, but he just can't hold on to the ball. Otherwise, he's still, he's, that's he's still why he's not too bad. Yeah, no, they, I remember when he, he was shining for them for yeah. a little bit there. He'll a, give you a, a game or ago. two, but you can't trust him on a week-to-week basis. Well, I'm saying fantasy. We're saying to help out. The, no, the I, the field, I understand. The, the field the But, you know, you want to know who he re, he'll remind me of? He'll remind me of what um, uh, Devin Hester was for the Bears in their offense, not what he did in Atlanta. When the Bears tried to make him into everything or whatever, when what they should have done was just said, run straight down the field every time and make a safety commit to you. Well, yeah. that's what we hope he does. Well, that's we what know he should do. Yeah. You know, I don't know that it's. I don't know that they're going to do that with him though. Okay, um, Stewart healthy is that guy going to be? Um, you know, it seems like he's he's one of the later guys that we're kind of into uh, in these in these expert drafts. We're like. Stewart, we hope you can hold on, but God, he's better than the next ten dudes here if you can. Yeah, it's, go ahead. Yeah, for me, it's um, here's a guy that had potential to be so much earlier in his career. He's always been tripped up by either D'Angelo Williams or tripped up by injury. Now this has become this is that swan song. This is one of those ones where if I want to choose one season of his entire career to buy, I'm going to buy this season. And I, because of the lack of competition at the position, because of the additions that they've made in the offense, because of the establishment of Cam Newton as the type of quarterback that he is, because you add another guy like Devin Funches and you have him and Calvin Benjamin, who are tremendously huge and could be, if they can block downfield, could spring him for big runs. So I think as far as value at running back, I love his value. I know he's been injury prone, but this is also a guy who knows that he's 
He's long in the tooth when it comes to running back life in the NFL, and I think he's going to give you everything this year. If you had him last year in those uh, last five, six games, you saw what he's capable of. So oh, yeah. You just hope you can, the genie can bottle that up, and we can have him um, prolonging that five-game stretch that he had to close last year. Uh, over a good period of time, I think no matter what, he's like an Arian Foster, even if he does play great, I think he gets banged up for sure at some point. Yeah, now, listen, the guy has the potential for, honestly, to be quite honest, after watching him in the beginning of his career, he has the potential for 1,300 rushing yards and 10-plus TDs. That's a definite for sure. He has that potential. Whether he's just been weathered so bad um, over his you know first you know handful of years in the league, and whether he can actually keep it up for a full year is very debatable. Uh, but he's worth a shot where he's going when it comes to the ADP, which is uh, at this point he's the twentieth running back being taken, forty fifth overall. And I, I think that's fine for him. And if you can get him right around that zone, go for it for sure. I feel confident when healthy and not banged up uh, with him as my running back too. I do. If you've got him in that running back three zone, all the better. Um, all the better, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I would kill for him as my RB three. Your wide receiver is going to be pretty weak if you got him as your wide receiver three. Let's uh, just be your RB three. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, did I say wide receiver? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, another thousand yards for Olson. Is that uh, is your boy? You still got the same love uh, for Gragio um, that you, that you once did, or is this uh, is he going down with Funches and some of the other talent that's? Well, I mean, I, I still like Greg Olson because he's still going to be a guy that's going to get over 100 targets. Now, he, he has seen his targets go up every year since he's been in Carolina. Uh, from, you know, coming in where he played 16 games to having, uh, you know, uh, what was it, 100, 89 targets his first year, 104, 111, 123 last year. I probably see him probably, he's not going to be 1,000 yards again. I'm going to see him regressing back probably, he's going to get over 100 targets, but probably going to be closer to somewhere between 105 to 110. And, you know, as far as touchdowns, he still just hasn't been that guy. I think you can count on him for five touchdowns, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to be a 10-touchdown guy. So that's why I look at, at the tight end position where, yeah, he's still upper echelon, but I still think that the separation between him and what you get about five or six spots later and what you're paying for uh, is, not, is, is not bad at all. Cool. Let, a, a team to keep an eye on, a boring team, but actually fantasy points do come out of the Carolina Panthers and they're an important squad, but no reason to talk about them anymore, a team to keep an eye on. Let's, uh, let's see what happens. Uh, let's see if, uh, if Stan's still warming up and if he's going to be the backup quarterback to Cam. <laughs> uh, NFC North, this is our last division. we got four more teams, guys. Uh, not too bad. Let's try and... Um, move through them as quickly as we can while still giving the goo. Hi. Oh. Hey. Hey. I'm naked. Yeah. Do we have sex? Yes. Nice. <laughs> God. I literally, I, th I felt like I, that's a deja vu right there. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived that moment many a time. <laughs> I see my moment. I've got my crease. <laughs> Sometimes when you do that, though, they're like, don't ask. Yeah, Move in and touch. Make me feel like a woman. Excite me. I'm always like, kiss me. 
<laughs> Go down on me. I'm horny. Sex. Get me water. <laughs> Get the Astro Glide. Um, all right, class of the NFL in terms of offense. This is the Green Bay Packers. There was a report that came out this week that they are on. Uh, they sell out away games better than any other team. So that would say that they're the class of the NFL in general. Um, yeah, they, that's they're, they're the most demanded team uh, across every other stadium and like, every other team like, uh, in the NFL. The Bears have been around forever. So it's like whenever the Bears are on Monday night, there's so much, you always see a ton of Bears stuff. But it's true, you always see the Packers for being from such a smaller metropolis, which I wouldn't even call it a metropolis, yeah. I call it a village, um, <laughs> that they have, because of the way that their team has played and because they're kind of like that underdog small town team, it's like there are so many people who have just, and they're also one of the original teams, so they have this a strong affinity of everyone for them, and especially, you know, it's success. Success breeds fans. So, And they've been able to be, yeah, it's success. There you go. That's it. They've been very successful. They've had a nice run going back to the early 90s. This has been a great team. Yeah. and, and Not many teams you could say that about. They were great in the 60s. And, and obviously at the very beginning. At the very right. And then and then they fell apart, but then now they dominated the last couple decades, uh, working on three in a row now. So I'll give them, even as a Bears fan, i got to say cheers to you, boys. Val Faraday. What is there left to want? I get to go to Legoland. Say it. Don't get them all riled up before the drink. Uh, I shouldn't have given them all that meth then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's go in terms of offense. Is there anything that's going to happen different this year that happened last year? I mean, we talk about these guys a lot on the podcast, so I feel like we can kind of cruise through them and go a little deeper into the Vikings, Lions, and Bears. Maybe not the Bears, but uh, is there anything you see differently this year uh, than, than what's been going on Is is all that passing going to hurt Lacey? Is Lacey going to hurt the passing? What are you guys foreseeing here in your dog Stradamus? The, the only thing I could potentially see as being somewhat different, um, maybe the tight end position, maybe Richard Rodgers uh, steps up and, and takes over the role. It's been kind of a quagmire there. They've had a bunch of different guys, Andrew Corliss, who, you know, whatever. They've had a bunch of different guys take on you know, 33% of the role, right. you know, and I think Corliss that Richard Rodgers people a couple weeks and before, ago. And before he's, the, he's you know, yeah, that doesn't help Corliss. Yeah, oh yeah, he sh- fired bullets out of a, uh, on a gun two weeks ago. It's yeah. amazing, there you go. It seems like every tight end in Green Bay that has a chance to like ascend to something does something to either quote-unquote shoot themselves in the foot like that or maybe get in a hot tub with a 17-year-old girl or um, or jerk off while smoking synthetic weed in a shopping mall in his car yeah, yeah. That that, that's no, that was, who's that, that? that was um, Winslow Jr. he was actually no, yeah, right, right. another tight end you were just on the tight end and then Jermichael Finley what was it he was like he got completely no, ridiculous injury, injury. injury right, right. Yeah, ridiculous injury. injury right so I'm saying and since he's gone and he was, but he remember he had a contentious relationship with Aaron Rodgers up until that point. In time. Remember, remember the Chimura call. I think Favre was in the hot tub as well. It was pre cell phone, so there were no Favre shots. No, no dick, no cock shots sent in that in that little. No escapade. Polaroids. Lots of bubbles. Though. There might be some Polaroids out there. <laughs> uh, so I, I, there is potential within this offense for a tight end to excel. And if this job is just Richard Rodgers' job. 
to run with. There's, but there's definite potential there. I mean, Jermichael Finley showed you that you can put up a, some big numbers in this offense as a tight end. That's what I see that's possibly different. The other thing is Jordy coming off of uh, injuries, uh, coming off of surgeries. Um, can Cobb actually uh, you know, stay within the offense the way he was? Uh, that, that was a huge year he had last year. He's already said he thinks it's going to fall. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to step up more. There's, listen, Rod, Aaron Rodgers is going to have the same type of year. It's just who happens to get all the play from him. That's really all you got to figure out, and I don't think it's worth really racking your brain around. Just draft those guys. So draft them all. Power yeah. and numbers team. The guy that I want to address is Eddie Lacy. Because everyone is, is all over Eddie Lacy. Okay, he's the guy who's going to make the major ascension. So, in his two seasons, he's basically averaging, on average, about 260 carries a year for basically the same yards of 1,150 yards with 10 touchdowns and about 50 catches and 300 and 327 yards. Okay, so he's given you the, the average of about 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns. And, and uh, the thing is, people are expecting him all of a sudden, the way that they're talking about him, I'm trying to figure out where it's all coming from. I have no idea. No idea. No idea where it's all coming from. Is he going to become from a 9 or 10 touchdown guy to a 16 to 18 touchdown guy? No. No. I don't, I don't think so. Not at all. Is he going to go from a 246 carries that he had last year, 284 in his rookie year, to a 325 carry guy? No, he's not. So, is he going to go from a 50, uh, I'm sorry, he was targeted, I'm, I was wrong on his receptions, it was 42 and 35. But he had 55 and 44 targets. Is he all of a sudden going to go from a 42 reception guy to a 58 reception guy? No, he's not. So I don't understand where the growth is going to come from. I don't understand it either. I, I, I really don't. I have no idea why there's all this talk about him being like the second or third best running back out there now. I, 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 Three months ago, his ADP was number one. Yeah, on, um, yeah I saw that. I, I think it's just people who want to just all of a sudden give a guy who's going to be a rise. Look at look at I look at him as being such a solid performer. He's you know what you're going to get with him. You're going to get solid production. You know what it is to me. It's like he's like Stevie Johnson was early in his career. He's given you all he's got already. It's not like he's all of a sudden just because he's been in the league for three years and he's going to make an ascension to being someone that he's not. Mm-hmm. This is who he is. Is he going to get 300 whatever carries? No, he deals with asthma. So, it, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's a, that's a problem. Factor. That's a big factor. So they want to limit him so that he becomes the guy. Look, they took him from 284 carries down to 246. What did that do for him? He went from 4.1 yards per carry to 4.6. Exactly. And that's what people are looking at. People are looking at, oh, look at all the yards he's starting to, he's upping the yards per carry. He's now been in the league a couple years. He understands it. That doesn't matter. The reason why, there's reasons behind it. Don't just look at the numbers themselves. Look at the reasons behind it. Do you think that they're all of a sudden going to put him back up to 300 carries? No. They had him at that for a reason. That's a, and he also just exited practice early the other day too, so with a sore foot or something. So Would it's you, not he's he, he don't take a, precautionary measures with him. Absolutely, but just and, don't go pie in the sky and thinking that all of a sudden he's going to become so much more than he's been. You know, you talked about Gronkowski in that seventh pick. Teams that have the quarterback in the first round don't look good. Whenever I see a team that took Eddie, that has Eddie Lacy on it in the first round. Not impressed. Just, really? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying that I'm right, 
but the teams on paper right now here and today that have Eddie Lacy as their number one gusto and they're building from there. I'll tell you right now, I have he not taken like him. like Alfred Morris. Yeah, I have not taken him in a single mock, and we haven't taken him in any of our drafts. He hasn't even been on our radar. No, it's tough. And look at it too. He's just been taken too early. Plain yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah. That's I, all it is. I look. I look also at the fact of with Aaron Rodgers being a guy who, since uh, Lacey's been there, like before Lacey got there, he threw thirty-nine touchdowns. With Lacey there, he threw thirty-eight touchdowns last year. Rodgers doesn't change. No, Rodgers is Rodgers, period. And he still has tons of weapons all over the offense now with the three wide receiver deep. So yep. is Starks anything? Is there any other competition? Is Starks the thing? Well, no, it's late, not that he's late. competition, but the fact of the matter is that Starks does pretty well when he's in there. Yeah. So they have no problem taking Lacey out for a couple series. And, and giving him rest. Lacey, lo and behold, it does get injured. He's been, been sort of lucky more or less than that, and has been he's he's had a bit of luck. He looks like he, he he looks great out there in the field when he's playing, but he does kind of have that bigger body that he. There's no question he's a guy that could get banged up. Any running back can. Yeah. Um, all right, Jordy coming. We talked about these guys a bit coming off a of hip surgery. Cobb, who knows? I I want to talk about the next two guys, Adams and Jan, and uh, your boy Janice. Go ahead. And uh, well, I, I I want you to talk about Janice, but I I like Adams. I think. I'm getting why people are worried about him um, because the the volume is not going to be there for him. And obviously, I thought he had more touchdowns last year than he did from a few podcasts ago. Got called out on my knowledge being wrong. Respect. I just love the talent. I love the athleticism. I love the fact that he was a top guy in college and they got him at a value. Uh, I, I just think that if something goes wrong with those other two main cogs in majority or a, a Cobb, that this guy's got everything going for him, and he can still get stuff done without that. So I want to keep my eye on how the other two guys are running around. I think both of them are bound to, to get a little banged up. It happens every year. It's not because I want him. I love Cobb, and I love uh, Jordy even more. But um, Adams, I feel like, will be there 16 and, and get some opportunities. Tell me, dog, why you like uh, uh, Janice. Well, I, I'll tell you that... I Janice, first of all, is extremely talented. He's a he's six foot three, almost six, almost six four, actually two twenty, and he runs like the wind. He's one of those exact type of guys that they just that's my saying. I know runs like the wind, but he he does. I mean, this the kid is really really freaking good. Um, he's getting he's getting things mentally now. He's starting to really get that the complex system that is the Packers offense. Um, but it, obviously, the fourth receiver will only. Be a factor is if there's an injury, which always seems to happen in Green Bay. Every year, that fourth receiver seems to get in there and does something. Do they become the end-all, be-all? No. But they will put up a couple games. Devontae Adams had a couple games last year. He started out as the fourth receiver behind uh, Jared Boykin. Boykin, the year before that, was the fourth receiver, came in. And had some of some great games. Jordy Nelson at one point was a fourth receiver. Cobb, uh, Greg Jennings, they, they've all been fourth receivers before, and there's always an injury when they, somebody gets in there. Janice is the fourth receiver at this point. He's, I mean, he's a bit raw still, uh, but he is the fourth receiver. And if somebody gets injured, he'll get in there as the third receiver. There's enough room in that offense for the third receiver to make an impact. Everybody saw what Devontae Adams did for I think there was two games where he had huge fantasy points for you. If you started him in those couple of few games, he's a big big name to have. Janice is that guy this year. Let me make two points, and then we can probably move on from the Packers. Um, 
And I want to correlate these two guys and with Aaron Rodgers and to Eddie Lacy. So this is kind of a, a full wrap-up on this. You have in these receivers why you're going to have the ability for that third and fourth receiver on Green Bay to be successful is because we keep talking about who is the potential at tight end, but it hasn't ever happened. And without it really being a major factor, that's why you get these other guys that, that, that play a bigger role. Number two, I want to go to the, the, a major point to everyone who thinks that Eddie Lacy is, is going to be this, that, and the other thing. With Aaron Rodgers, why I still have ultimate faith in Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is, is one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football, has Aaron Rodgers ever thrown for more than 4,500 yards? Well, I'm going to say no now. Once. Once he did, okay. Once. And that was all the way back in 2011 where he threw for 4,643 yards and was held out of the last game. And that's the year they won the Super Bowl, so he was hot, hot, right. hot. Yeah, that's He's true. a guy that throws for 43, 42, 40, whatever, 100 yards. So if you're telling me that Eddie Lacy's going to rush for 15, 1,600 yards, you're telling me that Aaron Rodgers is giving up his modest, not 5,000-yard passing seasons to be a 3,800-yard passer? Yeah, that's not happening. It's not happening. His offense doesn't change. It works. It's not going to change. And they don't go after free agents. It's all through draft picks. That's why it's their system. Strength of schedule. Quarterback. Green Bay Packers. We're not worried about uh, Rodgers, but they're 23. Strength of schedule for running back. Lacey. Worried about it. 25th. Yeah. Strength of schedule for wide receivers, even worse. They're the fourth worst at 29. These guys have a tough schedule this year. I will I will mention this. Rodgers is not affected as much. I, yeah, Neither are the wide receivers. Lacey, if you remember, in the beginning of the year last year, had those tough matchups, and he was bad. Mm-hmm. Really bad. Bad to the point where people were trading him off their teams. When he faces the easy teams, he has a great time, and he does well with it. He does not have a good time facing tough defenses. Seattle, Arizona, St. Louis. Welcome to uh, welcome to a new world. Big great, time. great, great point. One thing I like to say about Jeff Janis, he's basically Jordy Nelson 2.0. So if there are injuries yes. there, he's got that same Nelson body. He's got that same Nelson white and skin. He's Holland Dollar. Yeah. <laughs> same hue. He's the same hue. He likes blowing uh, bubbles. Hey, our listening audience knows that... You know, I like I like my white wide receivers. Absolutely. It's the anomaly. Come yeah. on. Speaking of bubbles. Bubbles! 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 Go get those bubbles! Go get those bubbles! Get the bubbles! Get the bubbles! Get those bubbles! Bubbles! Get them! Get the bubbles! 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 <laughs> <laughs> For an opener. Oh my god! That's oh my god! It worked out perfect because dog said bubbles a few times. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, Detroit Lions um, Stafford slippage like you've never ever seen from a guy from year to year. He is going late. There are I don't know what his ADP amongst other people are, but I see him available deep, deep, deep. Tenth round, he's going and. I'm not even happy with them there, but if you are and you like him and you think the upside of having Calvin and now obviously um, uh, Tate and, and, and new all the situation, Ebron's going to bounce. Stafford is a value pick while he hasn't been for the last three years. Tell me about him. Rebound season for Staff or 
stay away. I, I yeah, I think he does do a, a better this year. I think they're going to open it up. I think they tried to uh, curtail him a little bit. They tried to reel in the reins just a little bit with him last year. Uh, didn't want as many turnovers, which he didn't commit. Um, they cut down on his amount of passes, which he, he did. Um, he had his uh, completion percentage go up, but yet, of course, the, the touchdowns were not up there, and the uh, I, I don't believe the yardage was quite up there where he's uh, normally around. It was, I think it was, what, only 4,250 last year or something like that, 22 touchdowns. It's kind of a weak season, uh, to be honest. So I'd, I definitely see him just, he has to go up this year, and that's just the way it's going to be. They want to open it up more. They know that they need to open it up more, especially now. This Abdullah kid, he's got a lot going for him. Um, Joy Bell is coming into this season injured. He's coming off of multiple surgeries. I don't believe that Bell is going to be any sort of, a, excuse me, say it's a bell cow for them. So with Abdullah getting in there, it gives him more dynamicism. They're going to be able to do more in that offense. So I And the progression of Ebron... Calvin's going to be healthy. I like Calvin this year. Tate's second year in the offense. Uh, I, I like the potential here. He's definitely able to be had later on in drafts. His ADP is 77. He's the 11th quarterback taken. It's actually better than I thought. I thought it was probably more down around like 15. But uh, he's, he's still a good name to target later on in drafts. That's why you can wait for QBs in drafts, in my opinion. I'll give you here the, the, the upside to Stafford. Go back to when he had his breakout year back in 2011 when he threw for over 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns with only 16 interceptions, okay? That was his best season by far. Completed 63.5% of his passes. Then you saw the regression. He still threw for a lot of yards the next year, 4,967. Dropped his completion percentage by almost four points, 59.8%. Only threw 20 touchdowns. Saw his touchdowns drop in half. Bounce back the next year, um, but throwing for only 4,650 yards, but threw for 29 touchdowns. But saw his, his completion percentage tumble by another percent, down to 58.5. So here's the bright thing as you start looking to, the, to the, what happened last year. Again, for the fourth straight season, has played in all 16 games. For a guy that was known as Glass, Glass Joe, Glass Staff, um, completed 60.3% of his passes last year. Only threw for the 4,257 yards, but they were established in the run game. Only threw for 22 touchdowns, but only 12 interceptions. So, if he can continue to improve on his accuracy, now if you're also going to get a full healthy season out of Calvin Johnson, and you're going to get a healthy Eric Ebron who could actually make an impact to the offense because he didn't make any impact on the offense last year. None. And you have Amir Abdullah who can be a viable option in the receiving game as well. And Stafford is very good at those little dump-off passes. That that was the he's thing. He's breezing through all our topics right here. Well, We're done. Well, we can move on. Well, no, no, but think about this. <laughs> think about where that, that, that falls into. Do you remember a guy who, during his 5,000-yard campaign, that was turning heads at running back, a guy by the name of Javid Best? Yeah. yeah. And he was oh, yes. a guy that you were able just to give those little dumps, and then he was gone. 
Yeah. yeah. So and that, that's that's going to help Stafford's numbers. That's for the sure. dynamic that he hasn't had since Reggie Bush has been uh, uh, decrepit, right? Basically. So yeah. you you think that Abdullah is going to be the Javid best uh, role? The worry that I have for him is that Drake Bell is going to be riddled with injuries all year. That he's not going to get fully back from wherever he is right now, and you're putting a lot of pressure then on a rookie quarterback. So I think you're going to see him improve. Back. I'm sorry, right? Rookie running back. So that's why, I guess, that's why you still have Theo Riddick though. I know, and I like Theo. I think Theo has got a good chance if if Amir can step into the Joik role. Yeah, you know, but it's asking a lot for a guy to do that, and you're also then trusting two guys that have never really had a heavy. Well, one's a rookie, and Theo, who's never really had a heavy workload, to up their so game. You, so you split them up. No, so I, I, so I, don't, I, I agree. Split, every, split all the carries and all that sort of stuff, and that's fine. And I think they, I think they compensate for it. But doesn't that also lead to why you might get more points out of Stafford? Because exactly. Then they're going to lean more That's on exactly him. Exactly what it's going to do. What do you think happens with Ebron? Let's just talk about him coming into his second year. Obviously, a high draft pick at tight end position, one of the higher ones over the course of the last five years. Couldn't catch anything uh, if he tried last year. You know what he reminds me? Of? He went to North Carolina, correct? Yeah. Uh, can you say Hakeem Nix? Give me lots of potential, give me all this other stuff, but give me a guy that when it comes to being on the field and, and, and having guys coming at you, coming to hit you, and kind of trying to give you all this, that, and the other thing, um, I, I'm, not, I'm, not seeing, I'm not seeing him be that dominating but, guy. I mean, but Nick's improved as well. And he, granted, he dropped off again, but Nick's improved as well. And so I, I, I do see Ebron improving a bit. I don't see him becoming a fantasy starter yet, but I see him improving a bit, which will also help in the options that Stafford has. I, they're still going to use Pettigrew out there. Still, they're still going to use Forey out there, which leaves Ebron with pickets. You know, he, do, he doesn't have... He's not going to get a ton of targets. He's not going to be a fantasy force, but it's going to help Stafford. But they drafted him to be that type of fantasy force. No, they're hoping for it. And well, he if a he first proves round it, pick, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, this, yeah. is, this is a guy... Tenth, tenth overall. Tenth overall. You, you don't draft a tight end tenth overall unless you have dreams of Shockey. Uh, yeah. or, or, you know, that you jump that high in a tight end. Good point. Good point. I, well, I, I would draft. Uh, I would, I've been looking to draft myself another Valverde. You want a good time? You go to Disneyland, all right? Go to freaking Bush Gardens. Go to Korea. Go to my apartment. It's phenomenal. Go to Grand Canyon. Go to Peyote at Joshua Tree. Go to Vietnam. Go to Burning Man. Go see Duran Duran. Go see Celine Dion in Vegas. Here's a new birth plan. Deliver the baby safely. I really, I'm bummed out. I missed out on Celine Dion in her, in her Vegas run. Hey man, I was there one time and I almost did it. All right, let's uh, talk about Megatron. He, right now he's her. going in the second round. We know we've talked about it on shows recently. Yeah. Does that change? Do you do you, do you think he's mo- is he moving up or seemingly moving up, or is he going to be a guy when you're drafting in the middle at the, at the seven or eight spot in the ten or twelve man league where you can maybe get him in the second? With your second pick, I'd I'd like him on my team. I'll tell you that right is now. He moving up though, is that going to change? Is he going to be an end of the first rounder by the time the season starts? Because he's going to have a bit. Off. He's going to look exactly like Calvin. No, maybe he's at twenty what. right now, and he's the fifth wide receiver taken. Strangely, fifth wide receiver taken twenty overall. Well, six wide receivers, sorry, twenty and twenty taken. No, 20. I haven't been in a league where he's been available at the twenty. No, he's I mean, more, he's more of like a 15, yeah. 14, 15, 16 guy in any league I'm in. Here's Jordy's what, more of true. like the 18, 19, 20 guy. To your question, is he going to jump up into that first round 
status again. No. Why? Because there's enough guys out there that people are enthralled with. ODB has taken his spot. Uh, you know, where just like Julio Jones when he had first come out, there's just, there's enough guys that are coming in, and you have the Antonio Browns. Antonio Brown step, stepped people up over him, right? Sleeping on him for years, not going to happen anymore. Exactly. So what that allows is that whoever's drafting Calvin Johnson, when you're getting a guy like him in the second round, you're getting a guy that, yeah, okay, maybe he not, doesn't have the flash of these other guys, but he still has the potential to go. This is the guy that was almost a two thousand yard receiver. I think of all wide receivers. I think he's one of three guys that can finish at the, with the most points. Absolutely. I think it's him, Dez, and Julio. Those are my guys. I think Antonio can. Antonio can, too. I, I just don't know. But Calvin's done it over, uh, over now a, a whole bunch of years. And, and, and I love when you get a guy, especially when he's coming off of an injured season, when he's coming off of not having all the pieces fall into place for him, and he wants to have a rebound. And also still, is, is, how long is his contract till? That's a good question. You know, he wants to be the best. Yeah. I mean, all these guys do, which is great. That's why a wide receiver is, is such a great position to grab in those early rounds because there's a little more longevity, less likelihood of serious injury, more probability of 16, 15 games in a season. And Calvin is, has been yeah, he's, the top. He's signed through 2019. Okay. Okay. Big contract. Big, That's a big contract. Eight year, 150.5 wow. mil. Everyone's been trying to get trying that. to get his. No, there, there, yeah. Maybe there's a bunch of player options or team options at the end of it. No, no, it's, it's he'll make every off. penny off. It's, it's a Kobe contract. He'll make every penny off that. But he, you know, but he hasn't disappointed on the contract. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so. All right, let's. Uh, anything else to talk but, about? But, but I'll just say this though: the Calvin thing is why, if you do end up where I want to be in the middle of the of the uh, first round or toward the end of the first, like seven seventh pick of the first round. Where I can go wide receiver, wide receiver, and have Calvin Johnson as my wide receiver too. I every team that I've done that with in a mock, I love how that team looks. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. I, hold on, um, can I get some of your new uh, towels? I'm gonna go in the bathroom there for you. <laughs> I got Desmondo and Calvin. <laughs> These towels are not gonna be as soft after this visit. The, the, but my no. team is gonna be awesome. Yeah, they're gonna have some crusty towels. Let's go on to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and just start out with the AP, obviously, back in the mix. He seems happy. Three months ago, he was trying to buy out and, 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 and push his way to go over to the Cowboys or somewhere else. They said they weren't having any of it. He stu- he's stuck there, but he seems happy with it. He seems content. Let bygones be bygones. His grudge on how he's treated by the franchise and the, the, uh, the, 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 everyone on the inner workings of the team have seemed to pass. Is AP the number one running back? We've drafted him as so. Um, is that the case? And let's say against Bell. Let's say Bell didn't have a suspension. No, Bell's, Bell's number did, one. Bell's, Bell's number, number one. Bell would be number one. I think Bell would have to be number one if he didn't have a suspension at all. But because the, of the team? Uh, because of what we've seen Pittsburgh do with Bell. We know what they're going to do with Le'Veon. He's going to get an insane amount of touches and uh, the pieces around him. I'll tell you right now, if there's, a, to be honest, I would still have a really tough time not taking AP with that first pick. And I'll tell you why. Norv Turner, first of all, makes his running backs number one fancy options in the world. Period. That's what he's done with his running backs. Two, AP, whenever... Has, he's been given a, 
uh, a chance to prove himself where people doubt him or doubt his, he's 30 years old now, and people doubt whether he still has it. He was off for a year. Uh, temper expectations with him. He loves that shit. Loves it. And he is going to eat it up and shove it down your freaking throat all year long. He wants 2,500 yards. He really does. I'm telling you, he, he set it out again. He's like, I'm going for 2,500 yards. And I believe he's the only man in the world, I believe, yeah. who can actually do it. I don't think he will. I think he has a shot at 2,000, though. There are so many options around him to throw to. They got they got the Rudolph back. They got Charles Johnson. They got Mike Wallace, who's going to stretch defenses. Um, and they got Jerry's Wright. They have Cordero Patterson. They got a bridge. I'm sorry, dude, but this guy has every option. And they've already said, we're going to give AP the ball as much as he can handle it. Plain and simple. He's, he's the number one in my book, period. I'm with that. Go so ahead. Let me, I want to give you some points on Adrian Peterson, then I'm going to go back to Le'Veon Bell. So, um, in, in comparison. So, here's what's amazing about Adrian Peterson. Let's not count last year where he only played one game and had 21 carries, okay? The year before, which was an off year for him, at 1,266 yards coming off of his 2,097 attempting to break Eric Dickerson's record, he still averaged 4.5 yards a carry. In that year where he almost broke Dickerson's record, he averaged six yards a carry. The year before that, 4.7. Before that, 4.6. 4 4.4, 4.8, 5.6. God. So the guy is always an amazing runner. Now the thing is, and this is where I'm going to go back to Le'Veon Bell when you're going in comparison. He does not do it as a receiver. That's the difference. Now, now look, the most yards that Adrian Peterson has ever had receiving is 436. Okay, it's, here's, his, here's his history. 268, 125, 436, 341, 139, 217, 171, with the most receptions he's ever had being 43. Now, let me go flip real quick to Levy Bell, and I'll let you jump in. I, well, I, I wanted to give you LaDainian Tomlinson's receiving stats uh, under North Turner. Okay, but, but, I'm not, but we're not talking <laughs> about LaDainian Tomlinson. We're talking about Adrian Peterson. So, I want, last year... Le'Veon Bell had 83 receptions for 854 receiving yards while still running for 1,361 yards. Yeah. Can, I bring, up, can I bring up one thing that one of our, 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 our nice mates um, and one of our big fans for Pyro, Chris Resendez, uh, amen brother, he brought up a good point. How come no one brings up when talking about Le'Veon Bell the fact that his first two years in the league, uh, this is going to be his third year, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. He's had... Major injuries, and no one brings that up when talking about him. And I, I kind of agree. I mean, those stats are unbelievable. Huh? Obviously, yep. he he's had he's serious still... injury in both his his, his his seasons in the NFL, and yet no, what are you talking all, about? He only, he only missed three games in his rookie year. Missed three that's games. Fine. He but played that, every he, game last year. He had the injury in the in the in the uh, it was a, But that's not serious. I mean, that was a so serious, was a serious injury. injury. Yeah, wasn't able to play in I the know. playoffs. And he got, he had a serious injuries. He only missed three games, but he's had serious injuries. Is this, why is this nothing that, why isn't this something that anybody's talking about? Because and I, I, I don't want to get too caught up on injury and whatnot. I think we've all agreed that this I missing my of three games is going to help word. him. I can give you my answer in one word. For him, it's still youth. I'll also tell you, he carried the ball the most times in the entire college football the, the year before that. And he, that's he why you were worried about him. I'm, no, that, 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 about I that, was. That, but that was that, also that. when he was 250 pounds. Okay. Now he's got himself down to like 220 or something like that. 
He is fit. Fit as a Alright, and what's crazy is that when, when you were remember when he was a rookie and you were you were warning people because and he didn't have a great rookie campaign, let's let's be honest. Only, Three point five yards a carry. Right. And you said he does not have breakaway speed. He's too he's just he, they think he's an inside runner and he's really not an inside runner, is yeah, what you said. Exactly. And then he transformed himself to the right body size and and, and all of a sudden he got faster. Because he trimmed down the, all that weight, and I think the team is being smart and knowing how to yeah. utilize him in the best of both for sure. Plain and simple. That's why we don't talk about that with him. He's never been an injury guy. He wasn't at Michigan State. He was able to carry a load. He played every game last year, and he missed three games his his first season. And I don't even think it was for anything that huge. All right, let's know. let's move on. Um, we got Charles Johnson or Mike Wallace. Uh, and I, it, just talk quickly about anything Patterson or Wright. It's it's, it's Charles Johnson. We know this. We, Plain and simple. We have, keep, it, keep it simple. We know. We talked about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, Wallace is a, a, a one-trick pony. will be in this offense, too, if you ask me. Um, he'll, 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 he'll take on the uh, Malcolm Floyd role that uh, San Diego good call. has. That's what you're going to get out of Wallace. And talk about either who, Jerry is Wright or Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Wright's, Wright's going to have that, uh, the third wide receiver role. He's going to have the slot role. He's just, he's better suited for that slot role. Patterson, if he's going to break in there, is going to need an injury to either Wallace or a flop by Wallace. I think Charles Johnson is a steady component throughout the entire season. Patterson has a lot of potential. He really does. I think he's, to be honest, I think soon enough they're going to find out he's actually better than Wallace. Hopefully. I think they will. Because, you know what, here's the thing, too. Jarius Wright is in, I think he's in a better position position right now. I think that could falter for him. Because the, the reason of Cordell, Cordell, I can't even say his name, Cordero Patterson right now, the thing that intrigues me is that, why are they going to hold on to him no matter what? Number one, he's on the, the cheap contract. But number two, he's special teams. He's that returner guy. And you you see so many times, like, man, we already have a roster spot for him here. Why can't he just be, and he showed you a few times, like, remember last year in the, in the season opener with the, the one carry for 51 yards and a touchdown, and then he scored another, that was in the receiving touchdown as well. It was like everyone was running to Cordero oh, Patterson, I, I and think he didn't his, score, like, another fancy point the rest of the season. I think of his rookie season uh, where he was just, just – just get him the ball anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just get him that ball and watch what he does. That's how special he is. When you can just get... See, it doesn't even matter. Throw it backwards and give it to a guy and let him just go berserk with the ball. That's how special that guy is. That's why they're going to hold on to him. And that's why he's eventually going to break into it. It's it's going to take a little while because they just paid for Mike Wallace. And here's the thing. when you're But, but here's a guy that I still think if you're in a... In a even if you're in a 12 team league, but if you're going 18 rounds or something like that, you better keep him on your radar, especially if you're in long touchdown leagues and if you get rewarded for special teams yards. That that's where Patterson could give you double duty potentially at the end. Because I'm a firm believer that Mike Wallace is eventually going to you know just be the scorp. He's going to be he's going to be he's going to be the uh, the scorpion who's given the to- uh, the toad's giving him a ride across the river. He's going to stab the damn toad, <laughs> and they're both going to f and drown. And then that's going to create the opportunity because you know I-, I can see Mike Wallace being the one thing that keeps Minnesota from getting to the playoffs this year. I think all the pieces are in place for them to have a potential run to the playoffs where they could be the team that says to either either Detroit's going to they could all the wild cards could come out of the NFC North. 
or they could leapfrog, they have the potential to leapfrog Detroit if their defense slips with the loss of Sue and Fairley and we see what happens you know, on that front. Yeah, I absolutely believe that too. I, I agree. I, I think um, Patterson's going undrafted. Yeah, pretty much. Unless, Unless you're the 14-deep or so. Deep, deep, deep yeah. rounds. Uh, so keep, your, keep an eye on that guy in camp. Uh, I, I completely agree. Wallace, I mean, I'm done with that guy. Um, all right. Rudolph the Red-Nosed tight end, red-haired tight end. Uh, what do you think about um, him? Is he? I think that he has potential off the charts. I've always loved his game. The guy has stick him for hands. He's got Norv Turner running this offense, and Norv Turner makes tight ends awesome. Period. He brings the best out of tight ends, and he always has, and everybody knows it. Why he's going so late in drafts uh, is simply because of his his ADP uh, right now. Sorry, Corny. I thought you were looking at it. No, he's the. I think he's the seventeenth, if I remember correctly, the seventeenth. Around there, yeah. Uh, tight end taken off the boards now nowadays, and it's pretty far down there in, in terms of the ADP. But uh, the fact that matters is the guy has potential off the charts to be right up there in the upper echelon. And if he actually stays healthy, and that's the biggest problem, if he it's the staying healthy thing. If he stays healthy in this offense, I think that um, wow, uh, sixteen games, top ten. He's a top ten. He's a top ten fantasy uh, tight end. Now, what, what year did he come into the league? No, it, it, probably fourth. This is probably his fourth year. Fourth year, maybe. Fourth year, okay. So he was not there with Brett Favre, correct? He came in afterward, I think. Brett Favre was there at the end of his. 2009 yeah, was yeah, Brett Favre's after, like after, real after, thing, after, after. and then he only played 30, yeah. played 13 games in 2010. So here's I'm going to give you the ultimate reason why you can be more positive of what you can get on a Kyle he Rudolph. Ponder. He had Ponder <laughs> for three years. He had Ponder the last year. In third period, he had Ponder, Castle, and Freeman. So then last year, now you finally have Teddy Bridgewater, who he's shown side. This is a real quarterback. So Steady and forced. You're going to get a more consistent offense. You're going to get more production. I've been the guy that you look at his numbers, and you're going, oh, it's like he scored touchdowns, but it's like no yards. He didn't have a quarterback. It's Christian Ponder. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, let's quickly just talk about Teddy P, Bridgewater. What's his upside this season? Big. You know, people are pretty high on him. Is he going to? Um, I think he's going to be a solid player at the NFL level, at a fantasy level for where he's going. Is he going to disappoint? Is he going to be right where he deserves to be, or is he going to exceed expectations? I don't know that he's going to exceed expectations. I think there's a lot of people who are heaping a lot of praise and you know kind of expecting him to blow up more. Let's go back to Norv Turner, what you were talking about. Norv Turner, the best quarterback that he ever had that he, the, as far as stats put up was Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was in, in Dallas, Troy Aikman did not put up good numbers. He was a good quarterback, but if you wanted a fantasy quarterback, you were not starting Troy Aikman. No, absolutely not. And I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen here with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, he threw for 2,900 Yards plus, just little, just over with 14 touchdowns and 12 interceptions last year. He showed you flashes at the end. Is he going to become all of a sudden a 4,200 yard passer? No, no. But can he become a 36 to 3,700 yard passer? Absolutely. Now, is he going to go to be a 30 touchdown guy? No, no. But can he go to a 22 to 25 touchdown guy? Sure. Yeah, possibly even the 26, 27. You never know. And I think that he'll limit his interceptions as well. I don't think he's going to. You're not going to see that 27 then touchdowns with 20 interceptions. This is going to be what that Chargers are. This is going to be AP's team. 
Right. Plain and simple. This is not Bridgewater's team. This is AP's team. It was LaDainian Tomlinson's team. You know, the, the, Peterson has the potential to put up insane fantasy numbers. Yeah. Insane fantasy numbers, and that's the way it's going to work out. Um, Bridgewater, nice backup quarterback to have, sure, to spot start here and there. But other than that, um, I, I, I'm, he's, yeah, nice. That, that, that's what you're getting from him this year. Um, I think uh, we can move on to the final team, our guys here in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I believe we can. Uh, yeah, Chicago Bears. Um, I'll start it off. Uh, I think Jay Cutler is going to play six to eight games and get sat and released, and he's going to be out of the league within two years because he'll be a backup somewhere, cry about something, have another kid, and he'll be gone. I'm going to throw Cutler out there in the same vein that I threw out RG3 earlier, and I'm going to say, look, the Bears are not going to be a good team this year. There could be a potential for if one of these teams that is quarterback barren and all of a sudden is outperforming their, where they should be at that point in time, say a team like Buffalo's 4-2, and two, unrightly so, here's another guy. I, I keep throwing Buffalo out there or Houston or whatever. Sure. If one of these teams that is just looking for it, Maybe you have an opportunity to make a trade and salvage something out of it because those teams too that don't have those quarterbacks are probably not cap stricken ridden into hell because they're not paying anybody like that. So they have the space to be able to take on the contract that Jay has and it has the option for next year. So anything that were to take him on could drop him after the next year and not be hit horribly. Or all I want is a bear fan in return is a third round pick. Yeah, they're <laughs> while I'm out. I don't think that I don't think it's going to happen. But say Carson Palmer goes down, and they're at that point like they were last year, competing, right? One of the best records in the, I think, the best record in the league. You think Bruce Arians would like to have a guy with an arm like Cutler? Yeah, would you, did you, he would say, "Spelled." He spelled coming wrong. Oh, it's come. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it when a girl. Spells it wrong. Yeah. I, don't know I just love it when a girl about. says coming. Yeah. It means something good's happening. All right. Uh, we, we could sit here and bash Jake Let's move right on. Yeah. I, I don't Let's bash Alshon. Uh, you, you you go ahead and bash Alshon. I, I don't want him. Now my Kevin White's injured. Yeah, Shin how about that? It's not all of a sudden. It's today, been a while. He's been injured for a no, while. No, no, no. They I did say today, though. Uh, they, uh, I'm not worried about him. He'll, he'll he's completely they healthy. Said, he's no, no. They said he's it's horrible shin splints is what they said. It's hard to understand soft tissue injury, but they hadn't put a timeline. There was first a report out earlier today. I don't know if it was Ian Rappaport or somebody else that said, he could potentially be put on the pup list for the entire season. Then, after that came out, and I'm listening to the radio, all of a sudden, John Fox and um, uh, who's our GM? Uh, Pace. 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 We're in, uh, uh, walked into, they were doing like an on-site at Bourbon A uh, at training camp on the score. They sat in on, on a show with um, uh, Holmes and, uh, and Goff, and, and they were asking, what's the deal with Kevin White? And they said, we expect him to start running on grass next week. Yeah, within a week. Yeah. Yeah, right at the end. So all of a sudden, after Rappaport throws, <laughs> or whoever it was, yeah. I don't, don't want to say if it was Rappaport if it wasn't, whoever threw it out that it was potential pupless for the entire year, that was... Trying to have his uh, name on some news. Yeah. Probably, now, it's I hope to God that they're right. 
Because here's the worst part of that. If he's not ready to start running in a week, now you've just boxed him into a corner, and now he's got to ask questions while you're not running and everything else. Exactly. The thing is, he wants to. They're holding him back at this point. I'll I tell hope you right so. He's, from, from everything I've heard from his side of things, he's 100% fine right now. He could go out there and run. They're taking easy on him, first of all, because he's a rookie. Second of all, they don't want him to re-injure it. They spent a really high draft pick on this guy. They don't want to, you know, F him up for the entire year. Here's the only year. question, though. Ease him in. That's fine. I'm totally good with that. You just got to make sure that you ease him in throughout this preseason so that he can get a role going into the season. Don't spot him. Just get him going and, and progress it naturally. I have you know, a question for you. Don't stunt him. I have a question. Good call. For The Bears, he slipped at the Bears. Like, after everything that we saw in, in, the, in the Underwear Olympics and everything, it was like he skyrocketed up the charts. It was like he was going to go to Oakland or whatever. Then all of a sudden he slipped to the Bears. And it's almost, to me, like I feel that the Bears did not expect him to be available. And so when he became, so they didn't actually even do a lot of homework on him. And I'm worried that, you know, this was like an injury concern that other teams may who have did deep investigations on him, why they passed on him. That he falls to you, and then all of a sudden you get this guy who's got amazing talent, and you know what we have? We have our our own. I'll make a second uh, basketball reference. Our own Joel Embiid. I I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you not. why. I think Amari Cooper was worth the Raiders taking. I think that they that's the guy they really did want. I think that yes, Kevin White may have proved himself, but I think that Cooper was their tunnel vision. I think that that's what they wanted. The next two teams that picked, you're talking about who? The, the, the Jets? And was it Washington? Who, who was the other one? Washington? No, no, not Washington. Uh, who was it? I know that the Jets were one of them. They're defensive-minded. They weren't thinking Kevin White at all. They already well, had the thing is also Marshall that maybe that no other team even attempted to try to trade up to get him. Yeah. We got I, a good pick. He's gonna be he's gonna be all right. I just worry that it may not be till next year. I'm just my worry is that the Bears don't know how to freaking use wide receivers, and they, you know Tressman's gone now. It's not like if Tressman's here, I'd be like, yes, we have the best wide receiver core and a passing offense. But now we don't. Now it's John Fox. Well, now we're gonna be running the hell out of the ball well, and not using the second receiver. Look at Gase though. You had you had Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas both get over a hundred yard, a hundred receptions in his offense. True, true. And you had a tight end and, and Julius true. Thomas get twelve and touchdowns each of the last two years. And a quarterback who is a hundred times better than Cutler will ever be. Well, that's that's a hundred percent true. So let's let's say maybe that you get a seventy percent. So you get a thirty percent regression. I'll I'm still not, take I'll take I'll take 80, 85 receptions for each guy. I'm not worried about White. I really am not. I'd need him on the field sooner and later and running because if you're a rookie and you're not getting those reps and you're learning a playbook and you're not understanding the timing with your set quarterback, whether it's Cutler now or uh, friggin' uh, uh, Chucky uh, down yeah. the, down the road. It's not a good time for you in your in your freshman season. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. And who this affects the most is uh, it's it's not Marquez Wilson. I think that Wilson is a fine, uh, you know, backup receiver to throw out there in case of injury or something. But it's anyone. And he's looked great in camp. Absolutely, and he is a great receiver. That's the thing is that people saw him that that rookie season of his in Denver, and that was that's Eddie Royal. 
With Cutler. With Cutler. With Cutler. And I don't care about the whole Cutler and Royal connection. I really don't. Cutler means nothing to me, to be honest. It's Eddie Royal himself. He is really a good receiver. And to be able to do what he did in San Diego last year, that was impressive. Mm -hmm. It's impressive. Everybody, you write this kid off. He's too small, whatever. He doesn't he doesn't have a direct role in the offense. But the fact of the matter is that he catches everything that throws that, that's thrown to him. He'll run any route that you ask of him. He's quick. He does something with the ball, and he doesn't complain. You know what's going to be interesting with the Bears this year? Um, we've talked about defense with a couple teams. Well, the Bears' defense last year um, was historically bad. His- yeah. Giving up, was it back-to-back 50-point games? Oh, my Lord. Um, this is not going to happen under Vic Fangio. No. Nope. Okay? So, but here's also the difference. The Bears were so inept last year on offense that they gave up so many drives for touchdowns that were like less than two minutes long. That 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 they got the ball back and they were still viable scorers on in fantasy because they were playing from behind, but they but they were getting the ball back. So even when they were getting blown out in these fifty point games, Cutler would still end up throwing for almost three hundred yards and two touchdowns. And he ended up it, with actually pretty good stats at the end. A lot of interceptions, but still pretty good stats in the end. This is where I worry for them this year because they are going to go to a more run-oriented offense. They are going to try to control the clock and to game-manage the situation. This is where I think the Bears move out of being a power-in-numbers team. Even though you have guys that with Forte, who's a top guy, Jeffrey and if White is healthy, and, and Martellus Bennett, you've got, you've got players there. But my worry is that all of a sudden the defense becomes good enough that they're... Still giving up touchdowns, but now instead of taking two minutes, it's taking seven minutes off the clock. And you're giving up long drives, and all of a sudden, you're then... And you're still going to have this inept offense where you're going to have a lot of three and outs. They're still... They're going to give up all those touchdowns, sure. But it's not going to be as many, because you're right. It is going to be more sustained drives for the opposing offenses because of that switch to the 3-4. Yeah. The 3-4... Uh, doesn't allow you to get to the second level as quickly and easily as people were last year. Uh, anybody could get to the second level against the Bears last year, and then all you have to do is make one move and you're gone, and it's a touchdown a minute. Here's the thing, too. With the 3-4, ideally, you should be able to put more pressure on the quarterback as well. The problem is, I still don't think the Bears have the personnel to put pressure on the quarterback with the guys they have there. Uh, agreed. No, agreed. But I think that's why they'll be playing more conservative yeah. and keeping... Uh, It'll be like the prevent defense almost at all times. <laughs> you know, it'll be like it take... was under Lovey, where he would let you move in between the twenties, but then they they stiffened up. I just don't think that they're going to be able to stiffen, stiffen up. up exactly, it'll just be sustained drives against them. Well, let's talk about a couple guys that had career years last year, and let's talk about them briefly. Um, we talked about Bennett, how we, he's a value and he's a steal. He's coming off a career year. Obviously, you've got Tressman gone. Let's not focus too much on that because there is a great offensive mind coming into the situation at their, as their offense coordinator. Bennett, what are your expectations? Give me a stat. Give me a, a projected stat line. Wait, wait, well, I, you said steal. We got him as a steal. We got him as a steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got him as a steal. No, he's not, he's not he's technically a, a steal. He's the fifth uh, tight end coming off the board ahead of Julius Thomas um, at the 66. Uh, ADP. We that's, got him. That's we got him in tenth round of that twelve-man yeah. league. That's a steal. That was that's a steal. The thing with Martellus to me is that I I think that for the Bears, when you think about like growing this team for the future, Kevin White being on the pup list for the first six weeks could be the best thing that ever happened to the Bears because 
as we saw in the Bleacher Report article, they're predicted to be the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, which may change now that Arian Foster is uh, no longer healthy, but <laughs> we'll see. But I look at it from the sense of this. If Kevin White's out, who are you going to lean on? With Alshon and Mark, Vartelis is going to become a major part of that offense in the first half of the season. You want to look for a guy that can be traded, that they were trying to trade all offseason, that you have a better chance to trade now than you can, was it week eight that you can go to? Yeah. So, Bennett may be that guy, especially if White is slowed or whatever through the first six, he gets amplified in the offense, and maybe you're able to turn him into something back for your team. Bennett wants you out. And they're not going to be so you were bad. Talking, you were talking about fantasy football. You're trading him to another fantasy no, football. No, no, no. Okay. You're talking about team. I'm talking about team. I'm talking team. about team, but I will say this for fantasy football. He's a huge boost to him if White is hurt. Because if White's not on the field, you, you, Elshon, we've already discussed why he was able to do what he was able to do is because Brandon had that lock with Cutler where Cutler was always throwing the ball to him, so the defense was always going to roll that way. Well, Elshon does not have breakaway speed. Whenever he was making those crazy plays, it was never in double coverage. It was always single coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the benefit of having Brandon Marshall. If he doesn't, this is why you don't rush up and, and draft Alshon Jeffrey and why everyone needs Kevin White to be there to be successful. But Bennett will get the ultimate benefit out of it because they will discover within two games that Alshon cannot beat double coverage. And they're going to find out that, you know what, we have a better chance. Take a chance with Martellus Bennett on a linebacker and, and a safety over the top than we, than we can on Alshon. Last topic we're going to talk about with our guys, and this is something that I really spent actually about 25 minutes looking at today. Man, Forte is really about the coming off another career year guy. We know why, all those catches and all those targets. It's ridiculous. Coming off his best season as a pro, fantasy football stud last year. But I think that the, that the disregard for Forte is... Hitting fever pitch and heading in a later and later ADP. It's the 14th overall pick right now after that season last year. Seventh running back taken. I think right. I think it even a little bit higher than that. He's kind of still in my eyes, even with Tressman gone in a new scenario. He's a value pick. I would rather have him over a Lacey who's going above him. I would rather have him now than, than he, you know, obviously we've got Foster's now injured, so maybe he gets bumped up a little bit. But I don't know. I just think everyone always talking about, oh, no, Fox doesn't like playing rookies, so White's not going to do anything. And Fox doesn't do this. Fox likes to run. Yeah, but Fox also likes to employ more multiple backs. Multiple backs. And, and the, the, the problem for me is that, they may be saying all along, and I keep hearing all the people who are following the Bears, uh, the, beat, the beat guys and the radio guys, and they're talking about it, and they're saying, Matt Forte is still the bona fide number one. But the fact of the matter is, is that you drafted Jeremy Langford. You've been looking for a guy to, to pair with Forte. Forte is now entering, was it his ninth season? Yeah, and you drafted Kerry the previous year. There's, right, I mean, and trying to find someone to, to give him some rest. And... You 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 have Jacquez Rogers who was brought in. So all those receptions that, that he was getting, now all of a sudden you have extra guys to do the role for him because they're almost looking at it because he'll be 30 in December yep. uh, when the season is, is going. He's been a guy that's had 1,000 yards. He's been like the Frank Gore of uh, uh, for, for us, you know. But they don't care about him, so why not just lean on him? <laughs> well, he, they don't like, he doesn't like playing. This is last year on the contract, too. Yeah, 
Why yeah. not just hand the ball off to him? I think there's something. I think I think he's. I get all the reasons why he's down and he's not going to be. He's down for us. He's the sixth running back taken well, as that, an ADP. He's sixth running back, seventh uh, overall ADP. That's that's up there. No, I've got a different thing. Which Maybe one I'm, you got? Maybe I've I'm got. Ahead. I've got an ADP on Fantasy Pros right now. He's 14th overall. And I got him as the seventh running back, and I don't know if that includes Aaron Foster being gone. Am I looking at the wrong stuff right no, now? No, I might be looking at the wrong. Um, he, that fourteenth pick, man, that's that's where I like him. I mean, if he was, if he was going, you know what it in is? The, is the seventh or eighth? I'm with you guys, but if right he, now he seems to be kind of in line with where he'd have his value. Well, I think you're right because if you're if you're a guy who's going to go after a wide receiver. You're in, the, you're in that late half of the first round, right? And you're grabbing a wide receiver, and you're looking at wanting to get a running back to come back to you. And if he's sitting there for you, if you have like the number ten pick or something, and he comes back around, I, I, I'm not, I'm not completely upset with it. My whole feeling is just that he's had a nice run over the last couple of years, and you know what? You just don't see running backs. Do that over an extended period of time, especially when they get to a later point in their time, and especially when, once again, as I said this with someone else earlier, I don't like him when he's the best player on his team. And and new system. And in a bad team that's going to be bad this year. I do not, I, I'm going to say it right now. If Bleacher Report is saying that the Bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL, I do not agree with that. I, I do not think... I think they are... Not one of the middle. I think they're they're the bottom feeder for sure, but they're not the worst team in the NFL. You think I'm getting away with it? Well, if you're standing next to John Goodman, you'd be getting away with it. I'm just telling people you have a thyroid problem. I'm just telling people you suffer from severe malnutrition. Well, I could superimpose your head on Juliana DePandy's body. I think you should only interview fat people. You think I look pregnant? Think people can tell? Not really. I think you see a head poking out down there, though. You look like you just ate Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Dogmatics? Uh, Sorry, buddy. No, you're right. I, I don't think he. Um, I mean, what the fuck was I gonna say? I don't know what I was gonna say. I, it doesn't I, matter. Let's shut it down. This has been. We're at three hours and fifteen minutes. We got through a ton of players. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's sixteen teams. We basically talked about every fantasy relevant player and every fantasy relevant situation. In the NFC, while still talking about awesome players that were in the AFC, giving you the knowledge, guys. No one does like you, dogmatical. You bring to the table is out of the control. Houdini, love it, love it. Just, just we're just firing it up, man. We love this stuff so much. I hope it's contagious for all of you guys. We're hearing it via emails and reviews and t- on Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash pyromaniac p y r o m. A and the number one AC. If you're not giving us a review because you're a butthole on iTunes, you can listen to us and give us follow us on Spreaker and Stitcher. Stitcher, you can write us a review. We've talked in the last uh, month about how we were surprised about how many people are listening to us there. If you're on Android, Stitcher, Spreaker, get us there. We're actually in talks and we are going to be accepted and be on iHeartRadio. That'll be excited. Uh, so exciting. 
Uh, so, <laughs> awesomeness. We've got a lot of things happening this week. A lot. We've got a new draft kit that we're working on. Uh, version 5. Pyro Pro. We're doing endless population for our resource toolbox. I'm not even going to mention it. And sorry, OC, you're going to be bummed. But we got a Pyro Pro League that we're putting together. It's going to be the first ever. Pyro Pro League. It's going to be the experts versus the fans. It's going to be a 12-team league. And uh, we're only going to have two expert teams. Me, Houdini, Dogmatica, and Stag Party are joining forces as one of the Pyro teams. And then Mo and OC are going to be the other team for Pyro. And then we're going to have 10 fans that are Pyro Pro signed up members. Something you'll be able to pre-order this, uh, this week and hopefully enjoy by Thursday. It might be Sunday. Regardless, it's happening this week. We got a lot of content. That's the reason why Stag's not here. He's cutting up charts. He's uploading content. We're fired up. His shit is yeah. going crazy. <laughs> My balls are fucking we got, freaking. Hey, wait, wait. Yeah, we got Dude, are you playing quarters over there? Are you playing quarters? Uh, but we love you so much. If you're listening to us for three hours and 20 minutes about fantasy football, we know you're legit. Tell your friends about it at, at the office. People that you're at school with. Anyone that's not in your league, do us a favor. Help our stature. Help us get to the next level. Tell people about the fantasy football fire. We love you. I love you guys. We're going to close out. With some more snippets because we ran out of space because this podcast is too damn long. So Average White Band, Schoolboy Crush will be on some later podcast some other time. But first, enjoy this. Allison should get a C-section. My mom had one. Oh, you're a big mother, you know? I'd imagine I wouldn't want to squeeze you out. That's what she was thinking. She could tell. Oh, it's coming. Oh, my God. It's happening. It's what the? Oh! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, what's all that stuff that comes out after? Oh, it's called afterbirth. Oh, that's real? People eat that shit. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I'm no, not they kidding. do not. Oh, I'd put it back in. Shove it back in, lady. It's not done yet. Oh, my God. Oh, she kissed his head. Her lips have cream of wheat all over him now. Oh, God. Hose it down, lady. Hose it down before you touch it. You'll catch whatever it has. I'm kind of glad I'm not going to be at the birth. Yeah, I agree with you. This is fucking gross. Most fathers cry. I honestly think I'd vomit all over the little thing. You wouldn't want to have sex with Allison ever again anyways. It'd be like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. No, I'd return that. I hope the warranty's still good on her. Bubbles! 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 Bubb